Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Lovely out there this morning, actually. It really is nice compared to yesterday, which was overcast in the morning. And then lunchtime, we started burning up and then it got hotter. We went back into that again. So watering the baskets and going like mad. I think we're on our last legs, though, really. Uh, Anyway, this morning out there, it's beautiful. It really is. I mean, I say beautiful. It's dark, but at least there's a nice breeze blowing, which is good. On the programme for this morning, my name really is Michael Caine. It's Maurice Micklewhite. But people got confused because, you know, a lot of people in the business have two names. And uh, so on your passport, and your driving license, it's got your real name. And then, of course, you've got your, your showbiz name. And in his case, it's it's Michael Caine. So he's decided to change it by deed poll. It makes it so much easier when he's going through. You thought by now people would realise. And uh, floody lovely yesterday, Blackpool. It was uh, wet. Very, very wet. £4.50 a can. I can't believe it. Honestly, he's now dealing. He's dealing. The last programme's dealing. That's what it is now. But I did go and buy this. And, of course, I went in and I couldn't remember what it was called, this can of stuff. Because, you know, when you're sitting on a train, you're sitting on a bus and uh, there are other sprays available. But uh, look at this, honestly. And they also do a, they do a small version, which is for handbag size. So useful, I always think, in this day and age. I, I, I bought the, yeah, the big size. Who <laughs> buys small? And, um, and so I, I went into the chemist. And I've, I've got a, uh, an independent chemist. They stock everything. I mean, they've got... She- you could spend days going through the shelves of Mr. Shah's uh, chemist. And so I said, have you got this? And I couldn't remember what it was called. Something about cool. He went, oh, magic cool. And that this was the last can. And I didn't know how much it was. And I think it said £5.75. And I thought, gosh, that seems a lot. But then it stays cold all the time. So even in hot weather, it gives you a bit of a cool. And it's, it's quite nice to, to rehydrate your face again. So I bought it. They do another one, same company, which has got sunblock in it if you get sunburnt. And that's only a fiver on Amazon. But this stuff is like six fifty. So I thought I got quite a bargain. Normally on Amazon, you could probably find it a bit cheaper. And you can get it for four fifty. What are you doing? Making it or something in your little flat? You're sitting there. You're doing like that Peckham water that Del Boy did. He's filling up bottles from the tap. £4.50. That's a bit of a bargain, isn't it? It just goes to show how much profit there must be. If somebody could sell it for four fifty, and then... Is it... Really? Is that, is that, they were selling it in there, were they? At four fifty? Were they... I know something about boots on the strand, actually. <laughs> I can't tell you on the air, but it's very funny, actually. It was very funny. <laughs> I went to... Oh, it doesn't matter, anyway. So, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you later. Uh, or at another time. Perhaps another year. Who knows? Uh, the McCanns are hoping Theresa May is going to reinstate the £12 million for looking for Madeleine McCann, uh, because she diverted some of the funds, quite, quite rightly. I think we've spent quite enough money. And uh, I don't think we want to spend any more money. I think the McCanns, you know, have got to that stage now where they, they admit that, oh, it's got to stop at some point. Yet the time is now. I think the time is now. We're not going to find her. And uh, if, you, if you do, they must have some money left. But I don't think we want to divert any more money away to look for one child who's been missing now for seven years. You know, there are other children who go missing. And I think, I think we just need to sort of set up a separate sort of fund. If they want to go fundraising, fine, let them go fundraising. But I think £12 million has kind of taken it as far as we want to go. The low-cost travel group will pay out, you lucky people, two pence in the pound. Two pence in the pound. That's what they're going to pay out. I tell you, it stinks, doesn't it, That Absolutely stinks, considering they were taking in money. Uh, even up until the last minute before they went, oh, no, by the way, we're just going to go under. Uh, the BBC wrapped for having 5,000 job titles. The reason for having 5,000 job titles, I mean, some of them you won't believe. You seriously will not believe them. We found a toy box worth 4.2 million. It's not actually a complete toy box. It's the ultimate 
toy box. It would be things that you would have in the toy box. That if you've got these toys at home, they're worth a lot of money to collectors. It's the kind of thing you should do uh, if you're a collector and you're starting off in life. You buy things. I knew somebody who got every single free toy from McDonald's. I don't think they do free toys in McDonald's anymore. Uh, do they? They still do them. They do them in their little happy bags and things like that. Really, because they used to advertise on the television. You know, get yourself a free Ronald McDonald. He disappeared, didn't he? Because apparently kids are fairly scared of clowns. Whereas I used to. I looked on him quite kindly, actually. I quite like Ronald McDonald. I used to think, nice if a man with a heavily painted face comes up and wants to shove a burger in your hand. Why not? And, uh, and then, they, then they just dropped him for no reason. Because I think they actually changed some of the people under the war paint. Because I, I used to start spotting them. Uh, so, uh, so toys. Toys you should have saved from your childhood. The soldier who died on that eight-mile yomp on the hottest day. I can't help feeling if you put somebody out there wearing that sort of gear and it's boiling hot, I mean, I wouldn't go out there. Why do they do that? Why do they do that? They don't need to do it. I understand training. I understand what it is. But quite clearly, this young man wasn't fit enough and also suffered badly with the heat. As indeed we all would. You've got to keep going. They push you, they push you, they push you, they push you. And eventually people die. And he died. An eight-mile Yomp on the hottest day of the year. It's just sheer madness. Surely somebody should have spotted that long before. But they keep pushing them, don't they? They keep pushing. And how much to insure a Peugeot for a teenage driver? Phenomenal amount of money. Phenomenal. Uh, also, the racist and sexist trolls who target Nagamanchetti from the television. Uh, now, I'm not sure if she just craves the attention, but everybody gets trolled. I mean, seriously, parents of dead children get trolled. Parents of children who've died through drug abuse uh, get trolled because there are sick people out there. You have to accept the fact that trolls are mentally ill people and uh, and they're just they're very lonely. They're very sad. They don't have any friends. Their only friends are writing to people who they think might eventually become their friend. They're the sort of people, we should catch them. We got one the other day, didn't we? It was a student. Uh, I think there are a spate of cases, so my friends in the Met tell me, that are coming up into court. People who think that it's clever to write to television personalities and write obscene things about them. So in the case of Naga Manchetti, she gets racist and sexist trolls. These people are, are sad. I mean, seriously, they're the sort of people that you look at with pity in the street because they don't have any friends. I told you, we've got this mad woman in Twickenham. I mean, to be honest with you, she should have been locked up years ago. She's a danger probably to herself, probably to herself. She has no friends. She's uh, she's just disgusting. I mean, she really is disgusting. But you get the, these people and once they get access to the Internet, then they write all sorts of things without realising. I mean, that student was so dumb. 20-year-old, wasn't she, when she wrote and she claimed to be the killer of Jamie Bulger. To be honest with you, I'd have had a hanging by the end of the day. If that had been my child, you know, I would absolutely, I'd have, I'd have gone to town over it. The most that we can do now is shove them in prison and hope that they never work with anybody ever again. No, no not allowed near any people. You know, you want to go and destroy their lives completely. And I think probably the one who targeted Naga Manchetti, I would think probably could be, uh, could be facing a bit of an investigation. Because once you've got somebody's email... You get an email from somebody or a text, you've got them immediately. You know, I've told you before, you know, somebody sends something offensive. I've got somebody's history up here. We just give it straight to the police. Let the police deal with it. And then the police come back to you and say, do you want to prosecute? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Every single time. Because you always think if they're targeting Naga Manchetti, they're targeting everybody else because they're that sad and lonely. As I say, generally, they've got some mental illnesses. They don't tend to be alcoholics. The majority tend to be women you know, with mental illnesses, and they, they, they don't even fit a stereotypical type. They just sort of fit a type of just being lonely and having no friends, and they're 
they're jealous and envious of other people. So they would write to her. I think somebody wrote to her, I mean, one of the mild ones, saying she only got the job because she was ethnic. And you think, you really must be a saddo, mustn't you? A real, real sad person. So once you get them, as I say, I think we should just send them to Australia. Best place to send people nowadays, isn't it? You go to Australia, they send enough people here. Let's send them back again. And we can start that thing, which I think would be a lovely idea. Or where else could we send them to? Afghanistan. There's a popular destination. Let's send them to Afghanistan. We just drop them off at the airport, shove them out with a small suitcase, and they go, uh, you're fending for yourself. Or, by the way, we've taken your passport away. So you're not coming back to this country ever again. You, you go on the computer in Afghanistan. You start writing to people. I'll tell you what, try it in Russia as a journalist. They blow your car up with you in it. That's how it gets in Russia. You seriously think that journalist who was critical of Putin was critical of Putin and allowed to get away with it? Oh, no. Oh, no. This is Russia. This is Russia you're talking about, KGB. So this man, blow car up. You know, no other car was affected. Just this journalist who'd been critical of Putin. So he died. And that's what they do. The Russia, they've got their little umbrellas with the poison pins on and stuff like that. And that's it. If, you, if you're critical of something, they, uh, they're as bad as the murdering Chinese and their, their history of, uh, of abuse over the years. That's how it works. That's what they do. So, you know, perhaps we should shove all these people that we have trouble with over here, over there. And let them deal with them. Because I tell you, you wouldn't be, uh, you wouldn't be trolling anybody in Russia or Afghanistan. You know, you'd be finding yourself at the end of a, of a rope, I would think, in many cases. Or fairly that, they'd just blow your car up. So sim- the moment I heard it had been blown up, I thought, oh, yeah, that's how far and wide, you know, the KGB are spreading themselves. I was slightly disturbed by the truckers this morning who'd been fined. We had one the other day who'd been told not to wear shorts. And the, real- and, and the, and the realisation of boiling hot weather and not being allowed to wear shorts in a lorry, in a lorry, nobody sees you in a lorry. Does anybody see you in a lorry? I don't think so. You know, you don't exactly go, well, look, legs, because nobody, they're too high. Unless you're sitting on top deck of a bus, in which case you're sweating anyway. Why would you worry about somebody else? And so two people have been fired for wearing shorts. It's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, Also, we've got uh, the council's new refuse collection lorries, too big for the streets. As usual, brain-dead councillors. Doesn't take much, does it, really? Brain-dead completely. And uh, they they sort of all, we'll order some of these trucks here. And uh, they get them in, and then suddenly they won't fit round the streets. It was like the, uh, what do we have in London? The bendy buses. What a complete waste of space that was. Do we still have the bendy buses, or we finally got rid of them? I think we got rid of them, haven't we? Ridiculous. What a complete... Who brought those in? Was it Ken? Buffoon of the First Order. Bendy buses in London. I'm sorry, this is quaint little old London, Kenneth. Really, really, really. I mean, try and bring yourself in. I think these people just like spending money. What can we spend money on? Let's buy bendy buses. Anyway, yesterday, had a fantastic day. I managed to get everything done yesterday that I really wanted to, and then some. First of all, I'd forgotten to take my stuff to the dry cleaners because I don't wash an iron. Okay, It's one of the luxuries of, uh, of not having an ironing board. You know, I think if you've got an ironing board, you're duty-bound, aren't you, to actually start doing ironing. And in this weather, I wouldn't do it if it was in the middle of winter. I have ironed before. I find it tedious, boring, and it's easier for me to pay somebody to do it. So I have a local dry cleaners, and they do all my washing and ironing and the dry cleaning and everything else. Any repairs that need doing, they do it. So that's sorted out. Uh, what was the other thing I did? Oh, yes, and then... Uh, what else did I do? Oh, that's right, I had to go to the chemist. Uh, I had to get my hair cut. And, and then I thought I'd go and book in for an eye test. So I booked in for an eye test for Monday. So I'm quite looking forward to that. So that's good. I can get some glasses. And then to do- oh, and I also went to Costco to pick up some uh, Prosecco. And I've got to go back to Costco today. And, uh, and then, oh, disaster of all disasters. We're back with DHL again because I've ordered some, some Tommy Bahama shirts. Now, the good news is 
they've arrived. The better news is they've arrived ahead of time. They should have been here tomorrow. What's today? Is today Thursday? Today's Thursday. Wait a minute. Let me have a quick look on the top of the thing. Thursday. They arrived yesterday. So I get the notification through. They've arrived. So I go downstairs to wait. And they've already been at one twenty-four. So I've missed them. Unfortunately, what I've also missed, we've had our computer system updated. So all of my early contacts with the nice people up at DHL at Heathrow have vanished. I now don't have any of my email contacts on there. They've all they've disappeared off the system. So if anybody from DHL is listening at Heathrow, can you hold my parcel, please? I've got a number, if it's any help to anybody. Because otherwise my shirts are going to go backwards and forwards like they did last time. And they were very kind to me up at DHL. They sort of held the parcel back and I would go in there and the ladies would go, got your parcel for you. It made it so much easier because I'm just constantly missing van deliveries. It's just because I'm never I'm either never in or failing that I'm sleeping through it. So I, I kind of miss all of this sort of stuff. So anybody at DHL this morning, please, pretty please help, help, big help. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Speak to Sadiq with Andrew Castle this afternoon from five only on LBC. There you go. Something to look forward to. Perhaps you can ask him about the diesel cars at the umpteenth time. Why one minute we're told to buy diesel cars, the next minute, oh, we're going to get rid of diesel cars, we're not going to allow you to drive in the capital, and we're going to penalise you. Because the poor old motor, that's the easiest way, isn't it? Let's penalise people. I think we should organise the penalisation, if there is such a word, of anybody who forms a group of more than 50 people. Like in Hyde Park, when this group of... They can jump. We just call them trolls, I think. They were targeting the police. They decided the horror and the hatred on their faces attacking the police. These people are sickos. Sickos. Druggies, by the look of it, most of them. Ridiculous. Throwing bottles at the police and that kind of... Somebody got stabbed. Looked like that sort of group, didn't it, really? Uh, Martine says, I often get targeted by trolls due to my weird illness. Do you know, I don't think there's anybody who doesn't get targeted by trolls. The funny thing is, trolls generally are people who were trolled themselves. And so then in order to get their, their self back on other people, they go and troll them as well. But then, you know, it turns them into very sad, lonely people. As I say, I mean, I would, I would happily have sort of a lake, you know, where you sort of, uh, where you sort of just drop these people, and once it gets full, they drown. I mean, who cares? Uh, Andrew says, couldn't you get your online shop delivered to LBC? No, they won't deliver. They won't deliver to uh, if if you order uh, through uh, through Tommy Bahamas because they think you might have nicked the credit card or something. So they only deliver to the address that is on the card. You can't, you know, you can't do anything else. So you have to sort of wait or then finally I'll just sit out there probably in the deck chair, I should imagine, waiting for it to uh, turn up for the umpteenth time. Uh, Steve, I'm sitting in my shorts in my lorry, aircon on. I'm also sitting above the engines. You know, heat rises, says Freddie. So when you stop to load or unload, it gets hot in the cab with all the glass. And not all lorries have aircon. Yeah, John, who works for Paul Cooper, said, how is the aircon in the lorry? There is no aircon in the lorry. You have to open all the windows. I don't know how people survive, but years ago we never had it. In fact, if your engine started boiling over, you had to put the heat on to take the heat out of the engine. God, I had a Mini that was dreadful. Absolutely terrible. So Freddie's in Ramsgate, heading all the way into West Bromwich. Actually, do you remember yesterday we had a very fast driver in the morning? Well, this morning it was even faster. Seriously, I mean, I thought, God, blimey. I was sort of sitting about, I was getting G-force. G4, which I quite like, actually, at times, but I always have the window open, which is, uh, which is quite nice. And, um, yes, leaving the trade, Michael. Leaving the trade. Uh, going to play... We, we, we have a mutual friend, a lot of us here, um, called Clive, who's going to be a professional... Am I allowed to say this? Does it make any difference? No, I don't think it makes any difference. Nobody knows who he is, uh, apart from us. He's going to be a professional poker player. 
Because I'm always fascinated by people who, who play poker professionally. I see them on the television, and I'm always very, very interested in exactly how it... Because a lot of them sit there with sunglasses on. There's no sun inside. And, of course, they're wearing sunglasses so that people cannot read... You're right, because apparently, yeah, you have the, the, little, the little signs. In other words, to be a poker player, you have to be a very good liar. You have to be a very good liar. And so you have to sit there and look sort of blank. So if you're given a card and you're going, you can't do that. You have to sort of sit there and go, and do nothing. Which, of course, is, I mean, I'd be going, look at it. I was showing people the cards, <laughs> getting excited. But, of course, you can't do that if you're a poker player. I never understand. It's just bluff, isn't it, poker? I've, no, I've never played it. So, I mean, you are listening to the, uh, to the poorly educated and the, and the science of, of poker. So, in other words, you sit there and they give you a hand or whatever it is. You get a straight flush or something. I've heard of that before. Uh, or you get a, a run or any, whatever it is. And the whole idea is that you then bluff people out. OK, I'll, I'll raise you 50 and, and another 250. Because if you think you've got a better hand than they have, and that's all it comes down to. It comes until eventually somebody goes, oh, my God, I can't go any further. And that's what Clive's going to do. He's going to be a professional, a professional poker player. And he does play, actually. In fact, we were talking about him the other day when we were going back on a Sunday morning because he likes playing at uh, some of the casinos in, in town. Where you see me, I couldn't sit there and play, play, play cards. But if you do it professionally then you're doing that for a living, aren't you? You're actually... And I do know professional gamblers. I know of professional gamblers, because I've seen them being interviewed in the, in the papers, where they make a living out of gambling or advising other people on how to gamble. But I'm, I'm not very good at things like that, so I have to kind of leave it to one side. But you're right, Michael. Interesting, isn't it? Because we were all... In fact, somebody mentioned it to me the other day, and, uh, and they said, uh, oh, right, it's very interesting. He's actually going off to do this. now. right, that's very interesting. And... Um, he also had a lot of strip poker practice. I helped him out on that one. We used to play at Christmas, you know. OK, I'll see your shirt and raise you socks. You know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> He's listening, driving in at the moment. He'll be going, I think not, Steve. I think not. I don't play poker. At I've never played poker. I've never played poker in my life. I've done it on the machines, but I think I'm not playing poker. I think I'm playing pontoon. I think that's what I'm playing. I mean, uh, poker, I, I, just, I know that there are poker tape. When I went to the casino... Uh, to the Hippodrome, I was watching people playing poker, and I've watched it on the television. <coughs> I must be brutally honest, it's the most boring thing I've ever seen in my life. They just sit there, and they appear to live in a twilight world, these people. They, it's definitely... I don't think you have relationships if you work, you know, being a professional uh, poker player, because I think nobody would put up with it, so you sort of sit there, and you just... And you sort of, and then you, and you get a name for yourself, don't you, on the circuit? And they do invite people around the world. If you're a professional poker player, you get invited by casinos because they like watching people. And I've seen people willing millions of dollars on the television, but they sort of sit there and you look at them, and they're they're very intense. Some of them wearing normal clothes, some of them wearing tents, but they're uh, they sort they sort of sit there and they look at the cards, but they've they've got the cameras under the table. And I don't know if you've ever been to the casinos, but in America they have a little. I don't know what to, how to describe it. It's like a little pyramid on the... And she can slide the card under the pyramid and she can see what it is before she... The, the, uh, the dealer, before she sort of does it. So she slides her card under there, sees what it is. But when they're doing it on the television, the camera is under the table so we can see the cards. And I'm none the wiser. Seriously, I'm none the wiser. I sit there looking at it and they go, OK, he's going for a straight. And I think, well, you'll never pull him. You'll never pull him. Seriously, I mean, that's never going to happen, is it? I mean, you might as well just play cards and get on with it. And, um, and so they were sort of looking at these things and they go, OK, he's coming up here and he's going to take one more. No, he's thrown his hand in. He's, I'm thinking, who cares? Seriously, I'd rather worry about raising the Titanic than anything else like that. But if somebody can make a living out of it, well, then good for them. And also, and, and then you, you realise 
yeah, that these bits of plastic go, and there's one for you, and you go, who wants a bit of plastic? How much? 50,000, I'll take that, thank you. Because you're supposed to tip the croupier, but I always work on the assumption, if you just spent your last bit of money, what are you supposed to do? Get a, get a £5 note out of your purse and hand it over, because you're supposed to tip them, I never do. They don't know me, I don't know them, I couldn't really care, unless I won a load of money, in which case I go, thank you very much indeed, and uh, would you like my autograph and a copy of my book? So you want to be a celebrity, you know, that would be... My poker player nickname, I don't know, actually. I don't think I'd have one. Steve, yes, Steve the very slow one, I think. I don't know. They all. They, I don't really know what, what poker players' names are. Give me an example of what a poker player's name is. Is it sort of the Flash or Snake Eyes or something like that? But you can't see them, can you? Because they're all wearing these sunglasses or they've got visors on or baseball caps. They all look like they're on drugs. Seriously, all those sitting mainly because they've been sitting there for days on end. Because I believe poker games can go for ages, depending on how much money's on the table. But uh, I remember years ago, on, on the same sort of subject, we had a guy who worked for LBC as a producer. And he started saving a fund of money. And it was effectively known in the business as, a, as an FU fund. And it was a case of, if ever he got to that stage in his life where he thought, you know, I've had enough... I don't want to work for anybody evermore. I just want to, I just want to sit there, grow my own vegetables, live a very simple life. And he got to that stage and he was into his sport and everything else. And he went, you know, I've had enough. I said, have you saved up enough money? He said, I've saved up. He said, a year's money. He said, I've got a year's money to sit down. He said, I don't need to work. There's no mortgage on the on the property. So I'm going to grow vegetables and just have a very, very simple life. The trouble is people see it like that and it, it seems quite utopian, but in fact you've still got your bills to pay. You've still got, as in the case of this poor kid in the paper today, who bought a Peugeot. And the Peugeot is very nice, but the insurance that came with it, whew, and that's the thing nowadays. They don't they don't want you to drive on the road. They really, really don't want you to drive on the road. So if you're a young person, they're looking they're looking for you to uh, to speed. Because you've only got to get, I think it's six points if you're a, if you're a young, young driver. You're off the road straight away. You'll never get the insurance again. Seriously. Uh, you'll, you'll really never get the insurance. Because they'll just make it nigh on impossible. What, you were caught speeding? Yeah, well, pfft, not going to go any further, is it, really? Uh, we've still got the story of, uh, of Wayne Rooney, who apparently attempts to speak Chinese. I would have thought English would have been a better language to learn. But no, he attempted uh, Chinese badly. Uh, also, uh, the parents. Very sad story. But they had um, a son who was stillborn. And they decided to uh, hang on to him for 15 days to say goodbye. So the, uh, the hospital put him in a, in a cold room. Now, I've seen this before. This, isn't, this is nothing new to me. It, it might seem a little bit abhorrent to many of you listening that parents would do that. But they wanted to make sure they did it properly and they said goodbye properly uh, to, to their little baby who was stillborn. There was no chance that this child was ever going to live. And I remember seeing a television programme some years ago and it was, again, about a company, about a family, and their child died as well, and they kept the child with their other children as well, and they would come in and, and sort of talk to him every day until they got round to the funeral. It was, it was a, a fascinating thing, but that's how people deal with grief. Everybody deals with it differently. And uh, there's a very, very heartbreaking story in the papers today, which we'll get round to later. Naomi Bowler is the lady from Folkestone in Kent. She's got a, a 2007 Peugeot 206, uh, her insurance was £11,500. <laughs> I mean, good God, I could be driving a Rolls-Royce Phantom for less than that. Six times what the car is worth. Six times. Quite clearly, she sounds like she's a risk. I mean, Folkestone sounds ghastly, and she's called Naomi. 
You know, I mean, you know, you've got to put two and two together. Naomi from Folkestone, 11 and a half grand. Make it 12. No, make it 15 to hell with it. Let's make it so expensive she can't drive at all. I've never heard of things like that, but my own goddaughter paid, I think, £3,000 for her insurance. £3,000. Again, the car wasn't worth £3,000. Now it's sort of coming down a little bit, but you've got to be very careful. Got to be very careful. And uh, Nigel says, have you noticed that women in air conditioning do not mix? Whenever I put the air conditioning on in the car, my missus says, turn that draft off. And the girl in the office yesterday was complaining. She was cold. I know, it, well, I think men are like that. You see, I mean, I, because I, I can live in air conditioning, I'm quite happy. Quite happy to live in air conditioning. Don't bother me in the slightest. I love it. Absolutely love it. So if somebody says, oh, do you mind the air conditioning on? No, not in the slightest. I just wish they'd invent it on buses, please. Uh, the first insurance payment for the producer was over a 1000 and probably only slightly less than the value of car that he had. I can't remember what mine was. I seriously, it was that long ago. It was in groats. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. <laughs> Morning, everybody. Actually, I love the radio. <laughs> There's something appealing about the fact that if, if you sort of sob on the radio about something that you can't get done, somebody somewhere will come to your rescue. Somebody somewhere. And, uh, sorry, Who? Is it DHL? They've, they've come to my rescue, as per always. Because when we, we've had an upgrade on our computer system, it's, it's apparently simplified. Well, it was fine you know, now, but at the time I, I didn't understand what was going on. And so I lost all my original contacts. So now I have an inbox, which I've just realised I've got 13,000 things in the inbox. I think I need to start clearing, don't I? But so far they haven't said anything. And then we have a clutter section. And a clutter section... I don't really understand what happens in the clutter section. Anyway, whatever happened, Gary Taylor had vanished completely from it, from DHL. And Alan Walmsley was just a distant memory, as far as I know. But anyway, he says... Uh, so Gary's there. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, yes, I don't know where you're going to go to now. You might go to the clutter, actually. But anyway, I have sent the... Uh, I have to send the air bill number on. So it's quick, you know. If you send it to DHL, it's so fast, because one minute I was thinking... I wonder whether or not I'm actually dealing with Tommy Bahamas or I've dealt with an offshoot company. Then the next minute, you get the thing from DHL saying, we're going to deliver Thursday. But of course, true to their word, they delivered Wednesday, which was even in advance of what I was expecting. So, so Gary then, you know, was, was, I mean, I'm just amazed that people are there at this time of the morning working, but of course it's 24 hours, isn't it? And, uh, and Alan Walmsley looks after it, and then I send it to him, and then he has to try and find out where the pass is. It becomes quite complicated. Seriously, so I'm always, I'm always very, very grateful. I always take sweets up for the girl at the girls at DHL. <laughs> I take ice creams if I didn't think the blasted things would have melted by the time I got up there. But thank you guys very much. I'm very grateful. You know me, I don't like losing these shirts. They're costing me an arm and a leg. Somebody said to me the other day, they said, how many have you ordered? I said, well, I think I've ordered five. Whether or not they're all arriving in the same package, I don't know. I can't wait to find out. But uh, hopefully we'll sort that out. Either today or tomorrow, I'm not bothered, seriously. No, no pressure. <laughs> not much. Not much. So, uh, so ice tested on Monday. Can't wait, actually. My friend Lynn's got these glasses. When I put them on, they were so brilliant. So much better than just normal reading glasses. Uh, this is after I had a dreadful experience having my eyes tested for the, uh, for the glaucoma. Not so good. 30 years ago, says John, I worked for uh, McDonald's. There were indeed many different men under the makeup. The one who covered our area was very good and did it to earn extra cash. His day job was a fireman. Now, this, this, uh, strangely enough, I'm not at all surprised at this. Most firemen have got two or three jobs. I know firemen who are taxi drivers. Oh, by the way, before I forget, I was, I was going through my, my tweets the other day and I've noticed that um, a lot of taxi drivers are being, are being robbed of their takings because people know that they keep takings in their van, whereas the majority of the minicabs or the private hire vehicles, they're doing account work. The majority of the black cabs are doing cash. 
and so people are robbing them. And somebody sent a thing the other day, and I think it was around Ladbroke Grove, that there are groups of lads who hang around, they'll wait till they see a cab, and then they'll, they'll rob it. So the, the guys have got this system which operates within them, saying, listen, watch this area. There are these groups of people who are robbing people. It's got really dreadful. I think it's got worse, this country. Seriously, over the last couple of years, I'm reading more that people attacking the police in Hyde Park. People, somebody has stolen Lee, Lee Rigby, part of the memorial. What sort of people would, would thieve? I mean, seriously, what sort of people would actually thieve something like that? A, a memorial to somebody who was, who was hacked to death. Hello? And they would thieve it. I'd have them hanging. I seriously, I tell you, I'd be no mercy whatsoever. I'd be useless, I tell you, as a judge. I would be the hang and flog judge. I'd be public flogging. I'm sorry, you know, we're going to find out exactly who you are, and if you're not supposed to be here, we're going to throw you back where you came from, and you'll have no access to anybody. It's ridiculous. It's getting, it's getting dreadful. Shoplifting is at record levels now, and now you've got people who, who sort of start riots with the police. A certain section of people, you know, people who are sort of just uh, obviously hell-bent on either thieving or doing something, they don't appear to work, these people. I wander through here in the early hours of the morning wondering, you know, if these people are supposed to be at work, you know, what, what, what time are they working? What sort of jobs are they doing? Like that bloke the other day, we managed to find him. He's a drug stealer and he's got 27 children and another on the way. And he said to his, his girlfriend, some old scrubber from ages ago, that, um, oh, don't worry, we'll have more children. He's got 27 children. And he's a drug stealer who's never worked. He's on benefits. Obviously not a very successful drug dealer, but anyway, we sent him to prison for 12 years, so that's got to be good news, hasn't it? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely, it's got so, so, so ridiculous in this country that people are now fighting, fighting with the police. In my day, you sort of, you respected the police. I realise that, you know, in certain parts of the country, Yorkshire, I would think, straight off the top of my head, would be places where you wouldn't really want to be around the police at all because they've got no idea what they're blooming well doing. But I like the ones on the television. What else did I like yesterday? Oh, they asked me to, you know, that this, uh, we got this voice competition and the, the end is in sight. The end is in sight. It's going to be Tuesday, we know, uh, who's actually won this voice competition. Now, I know I'm in the final 10, and that's as far as I know. Out of 40, they've whittled it down to 10. And, um, and so I, I had to do a little thing on what I listened to on the radio. And of course, I'm spoiled for choice. In this building, I've got every radio station that I would ever want to listen to. And then I've got television at home, and they want to know what television I sort of watch. And so they do a little piece, I think, every uh, every week with sort of a different presenter, be it TV or radio. And so I'm lucky enough to get one coming up uh, for next week, which is quite nice. But I'm not holding out any hopes with it. I'm, I promise you I'm really not. I know it makes it sound silly, but I'm not. Because I'm thinking, listen, I, I got this far. How How more grateful do you need to be? And uh, the answer is, this is, uh, it's been quite a good year so far. Thank you. Uh, Dom says, thank you for the good show. The wife's moved into the spare room with the fan. But uh, she says, you need to get your facts right when we send convicts to Oz. When they're offended, we send them to Tasmania. We're just, we're just, I'm sorry, we're just blanket sending them. Actually, I mean, I'm telling a lie. When I say we're sending them, Dom, what I mean is we're sending them and then we're bombing the ship three quarters of the way over. Okay, so it doesn't actually make it. You know, don't want to be rude about it. But uh, that's how it works in my world. It's so much easier. Weather for today, do you want to know? Less hot, but still with some sunshine. God, I tell you, my baskets are they're like sponges at the moment. <laughs> Soaking up everything. Dry for most throughout. Plenty of warm, sunny spells and an outside chance for a fleeting shower in the western part. I think I'll go to the western part. But in Blackpool yesterday, they had a deluge. I mean, seriously, they had a deluge. I thought, how lovely. Come, come God, rain on Blackpool. 
Addy did, actually. And, uh, and Pauline says, my car died yesterday. Compression in the engine low. Have to get another one. Uh, haven't got the nice new shirts yet, but I shall probably get them over the next two days. Thank you. My friends at DHL never let me down. They never let me down. And I'm quite grateful that, uh, that Darren told me about this magical stuff. This is sort of this... It's just, it's sort of compressed something. It's got all sorts of things in it. And uh, I can't even pronounce most, most of it, but methyl seems to be the thing. And it's uh, cooling spray for adults and infants. Helps avoid overheating. And if there's one thing that I do, it's overheating. Steve, the insurance for my Peugeot 107 is £880, fully comp. I'm 62, live in Bradford. It's robbery. We're paying for those who don't bother having insurance, says, uh, says Jez. Yeah, I mean, uh, I forget what mine is now. I think mine is, I think mine is about 900 that's fully comp. Fully comp. I, w- I wouldn't have anything but fully comp. And that's on a, a Bentley and Arge Mulliner T. So uh, roughly about the same kind of thing. It's probably it's where you are, isn't it? They also ask you now for your insurance. You know, do you park it out in the road? Have you got off-street parking? Is it secure? That kind of stuff. And the answer is yes, mine's very secure. It's covered by cameras, CCTV. Uh, also, I don't know how many miles I would do a year, but I'm not basing mine on a mileage thing. I'm just basing it on... Um, on sort of just normal insurance. But I remember years ago, I went with one company and they were very good to me for very, you know, for a long, long time. And then they got taken over by another company and they quadrupled the insurance. So I told them where to stick it. I Seriously, if your insurance company all of a sudden puts your insurance up and you go and you put up with it, well, you're an idiot. You literally, you go, right, well, I'm, uh, I remember when I, I got mine from, who did I get it from? Admiral. They wanted to put it up a bit. I'd never made a claim. And I thought, well, stick you for soldiers. And so I phoned them up and he said, uh, he said, what, what's the matter? I said, I'm not paying that. I said, I can get that cheaper elsewhere. I said, luckily, I've got a couple of weeks to go. He said, let me get back to you. And so he then came back uh, with a completely revised offer. And it was nowhere near what they'd asked for originally. Always challenge them. They need your business. You don't, I mean, I know you have to have insurance, but you can always get it somewhere else. Always get it somewhere else. Don't don't ever be taken taken for a ride by these companies. Uh, Martin says trying to learn to play Texas Hold'em. Is that Texas Hold'em? Texas Hold'em. I don't even know what that is. What is it? Is it just a card game? Is it? Oh right, it's a form of poker. See, I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm not really. I'm not really sort of a gambler. I say that I buy tickets for the lottery, but I'm not necessarily a gambler as such. I'm not really that bothered about sitting in a casino. I like going to casinos because I think they're they're really they're really rather nice. But then I don't uh, I don't I don't sort of worry about going to a casino. I don't I don't get the buzz that a lot of people get in casinos. Eight four eight five zero hashtag. Sorry, hashtag. I'm not talking about hashtag. There is no hashtag on this program. Uh, sorry, but actually, you're the second person, Pauline, whose car has died recently. And uh, and I, I sort of worry about things like that, actually. I worry about people's cars. My next door neighbour's uh, car died the other day. And uh, and she went, oh, the car's died. I went, oh, no. I've never actually had a car die on me. Not as far as I remember, but I'm quite sure that time will come. It'll be just sort of around the corner, won't it? When all of a sudden you'll go, the car's not doing well. Anna says, I was in a black cab uh, when a taxi went to the chip shop for me. I was in the taxi when the taxi driver was robbed. I could do nothing. Because I'm in a wheelchair. Well, you could have thrown a wheel at them or something like that, couldn't you? It's happening more and more. It's happening more and more. And I don't know whether or not you can... Uh, I mean, I would keep a pepper spray in the front. Seriously. I thought about that the other night. After I read about some of the taxi drivers getting robbed. And I thought, you know, if I'd been out there all day flogging my so-and-so, uh, you know, to make a living and some tow rag robbed me, I'd be tasering them. 
Absolutely. I mean, what somebody would do that to you. And so they just sort of stand there and use brute force or, you know, or, you know, a group of people. A friend of mine was mugged at a, at a cash point. At a cash point. Seriously. Absolutely dreadful. I have no time for people like that at all. As far as I'm concerned, you get them arrested, take them into court. And you go, you're going to prison for 10 years. Bye bye. Off you go. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Leave them there. Just let them rot and die in prison. I couldn't care less anymore. I'm really not bothered. No wonder he says, Keith. Uh, the country's getting worse. Since when can policemen get stabbed and bottles thrown and nobody gets arrested? It really doesn't exactly make the thugs and robbers be afraid when they learn they get away with it. They do. Because when they turn and run, they're like little girls. You've only got to look at a picture of them in the paper today. They're like little girls' blouses. You know, all big and tough, aren't they, when they're surrounded by their little girly friends. But, uh, you know, police start uh, charging at them and they run because that's what they are. They're girls. Little big girls, they are. Steve, I'm 50 with a Peugeot... Uh, 107, is it? Uh, and pay £219 fully comp. Although I am in a village in Hampshire. Yeah, it's Hampshire. It depends where you are in the country. It really depends where you are in the country. Different parts of the country, it's different different rates. You know, you're looked at a risk. I mean, London is obviously high risk. I should imagine most of the, uh, most of the capital cities are at a high risk. They asked the question in the paper today at quarter to five... Uh, about the migrant who rampaged through a train with an axe. I mean, quite clearly, a stupid dead person now. And uh, he lied about being an Afghan child refugee. Pictures of Riaz Khan, who was shot dead by police after he tried to behead five people in Bavaria, uh, show he looked much older than 17. That's what a lot of these people do. They lie about it. Remember one of them was at school and they went, how old are you? And he went... Uh, 12. And they went, no, you're about 30, aren't you, really? These people are thick as bricks. But anyway, he's, he's dead now. 103 terrorist plots aimed at the UK last year. We foiled all of them. And that's what we should, uh, we should always do. Always do. But you look at this sick person and you think, well, your family must be celebrating the fact that you're not alive anymore. It's going to be a long, hot summer. Warning by race activist. Oh, who can this be? Oh, not Lee Jasper again. Oh, my God, fathers, honestly. There's a name that rears its head. And you look at the hatred on the faces of these people here. I mean, who they are, I've got no idea. Where they come from, I've got no idea. Are they quite clearly a sort of people who need taking into custody? I was a riot policeman. There must have been some sort of um, witnesses described the park as a war zone. Yeah, because these people are filth. They're filth. What, do, what does Lee Jasper think the police are going to do? Stand there and be attacked with knives and bottles? I don't think so, Lee. I don't think so. Come on, grow up. Try and come into the real world. You've made enough money out of, you know, defending various people. Come into the real world, you know. See what it's like from the other side of the fence. You know, don't go around with a chip on your shoulder all the time. It, it can be sorted out. It can be sorted out. People who just want to go out and attack the police. For what reason? I've got no idea. Perhaps they're stupid. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Oh, wait a minute. I'm trying to do this thing again here. I can't, can't remember it half the time. I keep sending these sort of things to poor old DHL and then I forget to put my name on it. So they're probably wondering, who the dickens is this? Doesn't help, does it? Wait a minute. Let me just do one more little thing here. It's like, do you remember Scylla Black used to do this? When she used to do surprise, surprise, she'd be going, I'll just call this number up. And she couldn't repeat the number, which we all do. As you're doing a number, you tend to sort of go mm, mm, like that. But you do do the numbers, you know, four... Nine, five. And then, so she had to do it without revealing the fact she was giving away somebody's number. Because believe it or not, um, it's a case of... You, oh, sorry, I've done something wrong here now. Oh, blimey. Have I done that right? Uh, 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 yeah, done it. And, uh, and, and she would do it because people write them down. If ever you see a number that comes up on a police programme, like sort of, you know, the bill or something like that, people will phone it to see who it is. Can you believe there's people like that out there? Anyway, let me just write down... Eve. Uh, Len, and then underneath. 
Thanks. You can tell my typing is two-finger typing, can't you? I'm absolute rubbish at typing. Absolute rubbish at typing. Come on, send it. Just send it. Just send it. What's well, better? Why is it not sending it? Uh, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here now. Why is it? I don't even know if this is soul. Sent it. So I just have to get this checked by the producer because I keep sending the blooming thing, and I, th- I think I probably sent it. I probably sent it wrong. Actually, I don't know why. It doesn't really help, does it? If I don't get it right, I shall, I shall be in dead trouble with everybody. Nobody will sort of bother with me. So, look, that's what I've just replied to... Sorry about this. Just talk among yourselves. I can be back within a second. So, I sent it to Alan. Okay. Right, okay. Then I put CC... I'm, I'm not CCing. I don't need to CC, do I? Because that's me. No, don't, you're sending it to yourself. Oh, right. Okay. Right. So, add a subject. Would I be subject? That's why I've put it in yeah. the wrong box. There we are. I've sent it. There we go. Is that better? Right. And then that I can should, send that. That should do it. Yeah. I wonder why it was sending it to me again. I've sent it to me three times now. Seems a bit pointless, seeing as I was the one who generated it. Can you make it colder? It's very warm in there, isn't it? What is it, 21 degrees? I'm not surprised I'm sitting here sweating. 21 degrees. What would you like it on? Minus seven. Minus, no, I don't, what do I have it normally? Uh, 16, will it go to 16? Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's do 16. Because, no, it's gone back up again, look. We, we, are, we are controlled in the building with the temperature. And so I take it down to 16... And then in a matter of... It's gone back up to 20 again, hasn't it? I might have to work with the door open in a minute. It's bizarre, isn't it? Perhaps it's not on. I may have to go downstairs and have a word with them and say, please, can you make sure that it sort of, it sort of goes up a bit? Uh, Steve, uh, um, we live in Upminster, says Ronald. I'm so sorry. But you know, somebody, somebody's got a cross to bear. He's got a Peugeot 207. Is everybody driving Peugeots at the moment? He says, my wife and I are 71. And we pay an annual premium of 235 quid. That's good, isn't it? That's very good. That's very cheap. Very cheap. And um, recommended for you, says Charlie, chicken shish kebab. Not at this time of the morning. Did you see the thing the other day? It must have been a repeat. It was, um, who's that got mon- monotone voice on the television? Oh, Katie Price, where she sort of says dumb things and then people laugh and she thinks she's being clever and funny, whereas in fact we're laughing at her, poor soul. And she puts ketchup on, on shepherd's pie. I mean, seriously, she's that common. Che- I mean, could you have a bit? I couldn't believe it. Could not believe it. So she actually put uh, ketchup on shepherd's pie. She was as boring as hell. She sort of, she was, I forget she was, she was droning on about it. It was something that was very dull and dreary. I don't think she kind of gets the fact that she is the butt of everybody's jokes. Uh, Steve, I'm trucking in Milan. 25 degrees all night. The lorry has aircom in the daytime and at night. Tony in Acton says, I agree with the flogging and, uh, and hanging them. I had one of my walking sticks stolen in Iceland while I was packing my shopping. Good luck with the voice competition. Thank you. And Tina, your poker name could be... Steve the Shirt Man. Yeah. Actually, the Ray I feel Molly, I didn't realise you, you can't take the temperature down in the studio anymore. She says, uh, I always carry a can of deodorant in my bag in case of muggers. Luckily, not many of them so far in the Welsh Valleys. You are joking, of course. I'm constantly reading about people being mugged in the Welsh Valleys. You can't move outside in the Welsh Valleys. People out there, you want to form a choir? Di and I are forming a choir. <laughs> so, you know, so people go out there. And uh, Jane says, my previous car insurance... Company height my amount to seventy five quid a month. Uh, went to LV forty five pound a month. Seventy five pound a month. Twelve sevens eighty eight hundred. Just nine hundred. Nine hundred. Do exactly the same with your mobile. I've told people before about this. If you've got you know mobiles and you're trying, just go to disconnections. Don't try and deal with the operator who answers your call. Okay, can you put me through to disconnections, please? Thank you. And once you're through to disconnections, they'll they'll do a deal with you. I promise you. Nine out of ten times you'll get a deal. If you don't, then you, you're not worth staying with that company anyway. But uh, I've always managed to get a deal. So I've got mine down to... What have I got it down to? 
about 15 quid a month, I think. 15, 16 pound a month. That's for... What? Is that good? Yeah, that's OK. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. A friend of mine pays even less. And that's for unlimited calls. And I've paid a little bit extra. I think I pay 75p a month or something to have 5 gigabytes, 50 gigabytes. Whatever it is, it's a lot. It's more than I ever need. I don't have insurance, no. But I own the phone. So and if, if, if it goes, I've got another five of them at home that I can just fur onto. You pay £42, £42 a month? Dear God in heaven, they must be paying you a fortune here. Luckily, I'm just a poor, humble presenter, ladies and gentlemen, struggling his way through the programme. 42 quid a month. You need to get some... T- what phone is it? It's an Samsung Galaxy S6. 42... You can get better than that. Who are you with? The one with two letters. That, that limits it as far as I'm concerned. Other... E. E-E. Oh, right. I've never heard of them. Uh, I'm with... Uh, who am I with? Two, I think. I think I'm with... I have to check, actually. Yeah, I'm with O2. I realise that everybody's got their own personal favourite. But that's what we got ours down to. And we did that walking through Regent's Park about two years ago, where a friend of mine, who's much better at negotiating... I was paying 60 quid a month. Five years ago, 60 quid a month. And he said, wait a minute, I have a word with them. And uh, so he's talking to the bloke. And he's, Some people are very good at negotiating. I'm rubbish. I just go, oh, if that's what it costs, that's what it costs. And... Um, and so uh, this friend of mine got it down from 60 quid a month and we got it down to 20. And I went, that'll do for me, pig. That'll do for me. So we got it down to 20. And now, now we're down to about 15, 16, which is good. It's good. I think so. I think so anyway. I mean, you know, uh, somebody else talking about this ghastly heat and how we're not coping. They never got it, did they, really? They never got it uh, up in up in Blackpool. They deserve it. They deserve rain. Seriously, they don't deserve to be washed away. Somebody told me the other day, bad news is that loose women apparently want more of Peter Andre. And one of the guys who used to work on one of the radio stations here tweeted, are they having a laugh or something? The most boring man in the entire... Perhaps he'll drag the children on there and we can all suffer with how dull... He's over 40. You'd think he was a child, wouldn't you, really, poor old Peter Andre? I thought he'd given up a reality career, but no, still... But he hasn't got anything else, has he? He's got nothing else. What else has he got? There's nothing, you know. I mean, the tours are getting thin on the ground. They're having to do them in phone boxes now, you know, because not that many people want to go, so they just stand outside and Pete goes, Hi, Peter Andre. And you go, you're creepy. But anyway, I enjoy listening to the programme. And, uh, Steve, I've got some accounting-related work to do. And, uh, and numbers. It's like Peter Andre trying to entertain people. It's just terrible, so I have to turn the volume down on the, on the, on the station. I'm sorry about that. Apparently in Adelaide, it's a balmy 22 degrees... The middle, it's, it's the middle of winter there. Is it really? Is it really? Why do people want to tell me the most useless information? I mean, 22 degrees, double it and add 30, 44, oh, still 70s. You see, I was saying the other day, and people were hating me for it, I said, I can't wait for winter. I seriously can't wait for winter. I'm just, I'm sick to death of heat. We've only had a few days of it, but we just don't do it very well, do we? You know, nothing works. Fridges don't seem to work properly at home. So you put all the stuff in there and then you go, oh, it's, it's not really, it's not working, is it? It's not working. And you go, well, you know, might do, actually. And uh, another one here. Uh, it's the first time, says Fraser, I've heard the producer's voice in a very long time of listening. Well, it's not his own. He's got a voice box fitted. He's got a voice box fitted. So he, he can change. He can talk like that. He can do, boo, boo, wee, you. You know, he, he, can do, he changes at, at a whim. So don't ever think you've heard the voice. Yesterday, we had a lot of people who were trying to, um, trying to get the Australian producer's voice heard. And I said, over my dead body, there's no chance he'll ever be heard on the radio. God, definitely not. And um, nobody else here. Uh, my friend's tune 
included the dial tones for somebody else in the uh, in the studio's home number, says uh, says Paul. And somebody did figure it out and dialed him. I've never actually... I mean, I, people have sort of... I had to give my telephone number the other day, and I never give my phone number. And I had to give it to the people who are doing the eye test. I don't know. I suppose they phone you and go, you know, where are you? But because I'm diabetic, I get it for free. Yo! They just add it onto the glasses, don't they? That's, that's what they're going to be doing. I, I never believe anybody when they go, oh, you're going to get it for free. They're going to get the money from somewhere. That's what they are. I wonder how you're going to prove to them that you're diabetic. Perhaps I should sit there and inject in front of them just to make it marginally more interesting. Uh, anyway, what have we got for you this morning? Uh, we've got more from the, uh, the papers. Michael Caine who's on his passport, it says Morris Micklewhite, because that's his real name. So people go, but you're Michael Caine. So he's now changed it by deed poll. He's 83. Now he's changed it by deed poll. Uh, the boring Beckhams, you know, because they have to get a story in the paper because, you know, he's not doing anything. He's twiddling his thumbs, perhaps sort of licking ice lollies or something. And they've decided they want something like Downton Abbey. But, of course, they don't have the money for anything like Downton Abbey. So there'll be... I mean, they used to have that Beckenham Palace. That was a bit of a, a bit of a dump, I'm afraid. I passed that on numerous occasions. And in the winter, you can see right through to the house. Luckily, they managed to offload it onto somebody. And uh, they want something like Downton Abbey. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. Her, her, her business is not particularly brilliant, is it, at the moment? It's not doing, you know, as well. She started giving out shares to people the other day. I thought that was an odd thing. You know, sh- people who've helped out in the company give them shares. I always think that's, you know, in lieu of money. I'm going to give you some shares. Um, have you not got cash? Uh, you not asked Dave or something like that? I don't want to give any more money. You have to give a little bit more money, Dave. I don't want to give any more money. Well, just to have a... I'm not giving any more money! <laughs> just imagine them arguing about money. You know, and Dave going, going out for a pizza. You know, they, I had a pizza yesterday, actually. I said, aren't they boring? God, blimey. I don't want a pizza ever again. Well, not for about another... And I had three pieces this morning, a pizza... For my breakfast, three pieces. They're just little, little, little slices. One of those Marks and Spencer's meal deals. Where you get crispy mushrooms and something with cheese inside it, and then two pizzas for a tenner. And I suddenly realised because a friend of mine told me ages ago, you can make a pizza for about a quid. You know, if, if you're doing it on a mass scale, probably you know about fifty pence for a pizza. And I had it, and it was positively boring. It really was dull, but the cheesy bites were were quite nice. Uh, the racist and sexist trolls who've now targeted Nagamanchetti from the television, and as I say. These sort of people, if you got hold of their computers, you'd find that they would probably target just about everybody. They'd they probably write to the Prime Minister. They'd probably write to just about everybody. The McCanns, anything like that. The good news is the McCanns retaliate, and they retaliate very quickly. Lots more to come after the news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. After we reported on LBC the story of the man who went to the uh, strip club, Spearmint Rhino, and even though he was drunk, he managed to rack up a bill of £7,500. Anyway, Spearmint Rhino settled out of court, so one of the papers decided to do a feature on how the clubs put the rip-off in strip-off. Because they're looking... It's amazing how much money people spend. You don't just wander in there and spend £20. I mean, if, he, if his bill was £7,500, you can imagine what some people walk out having spent. So, uh, ex-strippers and people who dance around poles have told you the way that you can be fleeced if you go to some of these, uh, some of these clubs in London and around the country. And uh, Towie uh, has been. Louis Bloor signs up for Big Brother. Bluer by name, bluer by nature, I think. I mean, who, who's heard of him? Who's heard of him? He's going into Big Brother. God, blimey, you've scraped the barrel, haven't you? Poor old Big Brother can't find anybody. So, so far, we've got a couple of bisexuals, a couple of old has-beens, and, uh, and that includes poor old Grant Bovey. Poor old soul, honestly. Having to eat humble pie. I'm sorry, who are you, dear? Um, I'm Grant Bovey. You know, no, who are you? Who are you? Do tell us. Anthea Turner's ex. Oh, God, what a dullard. What a dullard. So you'll find out just how boring he's going to be inside there, because he really needs the money. 
And, uh, Steve, we need a clothing update of your producer. We don't do clothing updates of producers. Well, for goodness sake, I'm say, what do you think we're doing? We're not doing a fashion parade here. By the way, the temperature has just plummeted in the studio. All of a sudden, it rocketed down. It still says 20. And um, it's sort of... Yes, the Austra- well, the, we had the Australian... He's been wearing shorts for two days. First of all, khaki shorts. Now, I don't think he understood. We had a bit of trouble with the Australian producer the other day. Regular listeners will know that, uh, first of all, he thought khaki was an insult. I said, it's a colour. It's a colour. And he went, no, they're beige. I said, they're khaki. He didn't understand what khaki meant. Obviously, in Australia, it means something different. And the other day, he had, um, I said, blue shorts. What did he call them? He gave them some... I said, no, they're blue. OK, you know. And then we, we explained to I said, would you like a wafer? Yesterday, because Salinka had sent in some wafers... And uh, so I gave him a wafer. He said, what's that? So he looked at it and went, oh, right. I said, it's a, have you seen wafers before? He said, yeah. He just didn't know what they were called. I said, which part of Australia are you actually from? I mean, are you, are you in the backward bit? Are you sitting by Ayers Rock? Just you and an Aborigine going, mmm, mmm, like that. Perhaps he's a caravan in the outback. I've never known anybody who's never seen anything in his life. Pork pies he'd never heard of. And he, he thought they, they were supposed to be hot, which, to be honest with you, you can't disagree with that. But uh, it, was all, it was all a bit embarrassing, really. Every day's a revelation. I like finding biscuits that he's never even seen before in his life. And I said to him, what sort of food are you eating? And he said his mother makes a curry. On the heat, they suffer and they make a curry. And then it turns out his father makes the curry. So that's what I'm dealing with. And we, we could say hello to him. We, we, we could say hello Will he be hearing this in the best of? I mean, because it's... it's. I mean, I don't mind when they send them over to help out on the on the programmes, but it's when they don't know what things are. And he always comes in the morning. He says exactly the same thing every morning. I, I look at him. I've generally got my headphones on because I'm watching Dancing Penguins or something exciting, like David Archuleta singing with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And, uh, and, he, and he looks at me and he goes, What? That's what he said. That's all he said. What? And I go, What? He said, What? And I go, Mike, just chill out. I mean, the other day I had to point out to him that he didn't just have a chip on his shoulder. He had the whole of Harry Ramsden's. But, I mean, it's seriously, every day it's funny. And I sort of look at him and he's, he's, got, he's got funny little legs. Now, I'm not one, as you know, to pick on people for their inability to sort of survive in the modern world. But to be honest with you, oh, and his pickup line, what was his pickup line? It was something to do with koala bears. Koal education or something. You're my koal. Whatever it was, this was... The, I said, I'm not surprised you're single. Seriously. He abs... It was absolutely... It was like dealing with a person who was on remedial school and they didn't have any conversation. Now, you know me, I'll talk to most people. I'm really not that fussy. But to be like, talking to him is like an education. Like a total education. My friend Chris told me I was... My friend Chris, who works for another radio station uh, in our building, he thought I was... He thought I was eccentric. You think I'm eccentric? I'm not eccentric. Do you see the video? He said, I think you're eccentric. I said, I don't think I'm eccentric at all. I was not sure whether to be, whether to be hurt by that. Eccentric. Do you think I'm eccentric? I'm not eccentric, am I? Oh, Lord, I'm now worried. Perhaps I... Well, you're thinking about it. Why are you thinking about it? I'm not eccentric. I'm just... Well, I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm not eccentric. Eccentric would be, you know, people on the television with sort of, you know, rampant personalities. They throw their arms round wildly. I've seen a few people trying to do that or dyeing their hair a different colour to get them noticed. But, of course, that doesn't work anymore now. And uh, and they would be considered slightly eccentric. I'm not eccentric. I just, you obviously think I am. 
God in heaven. I'm so, so I'm not surprised this programme's successful. You probably think it's as weird as I do. I don't think I'm eccentric, though. I'll have to ask my, my boss later. I'll, when I see him next week, I'll say... Because he's taking me for breakfast. He's taking me... I hate going for breakfast with my boss. He knows I hate it. I just... I know he feels duty-bound to do it, but I just don't like doing it. I don't do the impression of him, though. No. He never thinks that sounds like him anyway. Or Stephen. <laughs> but anyway, but you know, enough of the Australian, as I say. Let him stew in his own juice, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, somebody says, I'm a road sweeper, says John. Used to be fine in this weather because we could wear shorts, and health and safety piped up and decided that shorts were too dangerous. So now we have to wear our winter trousers all year round, walking 15 miles a day. Oh dear, you want to be like our ones, sort of just do a little bit and then a little bit. They seem to miss things. You feel like following behind, I mean, you know, in, in Twickenham and going, excuse me, you've just missed this rubbish here. Honestly, but at least he's buying uh, holiday homes in Poland, so that's OK. Steve, listening to your programme uh, today and enjoying every minute of it. Good. That's producer Mike. And uh, joking, actually. I think I think one mention on the programme is is quite enough as far as I'm concerned. Uh, And he's he's probably already written complaining about it. But the trouble is he always sits there. It's this what he says in the morning. What? And I get I mean, he has, you know, he collects lanyards, you know, he collects these. Uh, which are things that go around your neck with your little pass on, which we which we wear in this building. Some people don't keep it in here. It's a bit like an Oyster card. You keep it in your wallet or something like that. But it opens doors. And if it's in your wallet, you don't carry your wallet. So you can't get through the door and you can't get back out again. And it's a nightmare. And um, and he has them hanging on the back of the door in his bedroom. Lanyards hanging on the back. I said, what for? And it's it's quite clearly done to impress people that he meets and takes back who are lucky enough to see the interior of his bedroom. I can only imagine it must be ghastly. I, I can't imagine him having anything like a duvet, which is particularly attractive. I should imagine it's all horribly creased and probably hasn't seen the inside of a washing machine for about sort of five years. So you kind of prop the duvet up against the wall. <laughs> I love things like that. It's so funny because you always try and visualise, don't you? When, you? when you sort of, well, I don't. I, mean, I don't do it all the time. But if you work with people, you think, I wonder what your place looks like. One of my producers was saying the other day, he said, he said, um, Oh, no, it wasn't actually. It was John in uh, in Paul Cooper's place. He said, "What?" He said, "Have you got um, a, a big couch?" I said, "Yes." I said, it's, it's, "It's not like a chaise long, but it sounds a bit like that." He said, "What colour is it?" I said, "Red." He said, "Oh right." He said, I, "I said actually, if you looked at the overall effect in my sitting room, it would be red and gold. Red and gold is sort of the, is the theme that runs through." And he said, "Oh," I said, "Imagine Versailles but slightly smaller, you know, with lots of DVDs." But uh, red and gold would be the theme. And duvet covers I went crackers for. Uh, for years and years, I bought loads of duvet covers. <laughs> now I don't buy duvet covers because I've got so many. And people say, don't buy duvet covers. But I nearly bought some. What did I nearly buy the other day? Oh, I nearly bought myself a new telly. I don't need one. I just thought there was a curved one. It was slightly curved. And I thought, that'd be quite nice. And it was about £3,500. And it was then that I moved away from it. Because I decided there was no way that I was going to spend £3,500 on a, on a new telly that I don't need. I've got a perfectly good telly at the moment, which is just the right size. But they kind of saw, that, of course, at the end of this month, in a matter of days, if you're self-employed, you've got to pay your tax bill. And that's the exciting bit. We love paying the tax bill. We're always very, very happy uh, to actually pay the tax bill. And it doesn't bother me in the slightest. And I'm a good boy. I save my tax money. And then I've got money left over because I've been saving for the best part of a year. So I've got quite a bit left over. So, I mean, in theory, I could upgrade the car. But I thought... No, no, I'll just save the money for it. The car's fine. I shall save the money for a rainy day, so I shall stick it in my account up in Scotland. 
because uh, I've got an account in Scotland. This was after Santander was going to take over. And um, and then I, and I thought to myself, you know, I, I don't want to be with Santander. I'm sure they're very lovely, but I just, I'd rather be with something I know. I don't want to be with a Spanish building society. I really don't. I'm sure they're lovely, but I'm sorry I'm old-fashioned enough to think, no, I think we should, we should hang on to things in this country. Uh, easy enough to prove you're diabetic. You got the NHS exempt card? Of course. Had it for years. In fact, actually, I can't remember when I... Um, I've got a card that exempts me from paying uh, my prescriptions. And I can't remember if it comes up every... Where is it? If it comes up every year or if it comes up every two years. You know, everybody else, uh, if you're an exempt person from paying for your prescription, you know the £8 something? £8. Oh, here we go. Uh, expires the end of... Oh. Actually, this NHS prescription card has, um, has expired... Don't they send you one? Aren't they supposed to send you one? This one expired at the end of last year, actually, which is slightly uh, slightly worrying. So we'll have to go and chase that one up, unless they've sent me another one and I've missed the blasted thing. It could be in here somewhere, I never know. But uh, I'm sure I had an NHS... Because if somebody pinched it, you'd be uh, they, they'd be getting free prescription... Oh, no, they wouldn't, actually, because it's got somebody else's name on it. Well, I shall have to chase that up, actually. I shall, uh, I shall phone them. I shall phone them today. Is there a number on the back of it? No, it just can't... It's got to return it to Newcastle. I shall chase that up today, actually. So, But, I mean, everybody knows I'm exempt, because if you're diabetic, you're exempt anyway. I could take in my pens and do an injection for them. That would impress them, wouldn't it? People are impressed by things like that. And um, glad, I'm, glad I'm not the only person with, uh, with more than one phone. It says, only use one, but the phones break before the contract runs out. Says, uh, says Lynn. Oh, right. No, I've only got one phone. Well, I've got one phone, but I save all my other phones. So, in other words, I've got, uh, because I buy my phones outright, uh, I like to hang on to them. Um, I don't know why. I'm just, um, I'm just like that, actually. I just, I like the idea of me owning it and nobody else owning the phone. So, I, uh, I, uh, I just make sure, actually, that I, I buy them. And then I keep them, which is good. Uh, we could send the uh, the trolls to Coventry, says uh, says uh, Craigo. We could do actually. We could. That is, I, I think actually, uh, what we could um, we could send them to Basingstoke. We, we like Basingstoke. There's one of our popular places. Mark says, hope we have time to speak to Mr. Moyles after the show. Okay, lovely. Thank you. Uh, probably not today, actually. I did dip in as he discovered Costco. I wonder why he smiled at me the other day when I mentioned Costco. Has he actually been there? Has he been? Did he buy loads of stuff? Oh, how sweet, honestly. You see, honestly, the things, you know, I can sort of manage to get people doing. The weather's nice again, says, uh, says David. Not heard you do the weather yet. I can't be bothered, to be honest with you. You know what it's going to be like. Listen, it's either going to be sunny or it's going to be wet. Pfft, take your choice. Look out the window. If it's dry at the moment, it's dry. OK? And then later on, it might not be. Not as hot as it was yesterday, obviously a little bit of a breeze. Let's have a quick look at a picture of somebody here who's uh, he's only got 198 uh, followers, which always to me smacks of saddo. <laughs> His name's James, that's all I can tell you. And for some strange reason, benounced only to James, he says, I'd love to see you on Big Brother telling them how it is, but actually be worth watching. Do you know, nothing. And if I had this the other day, my friend, uh, my friend Chris, the other side... He said, uh, he said, how much would it take to get you on Big Brother? I said, nothing. Nothing at all. He said, um, I think we started at like quarter of a million. No. Million pounds? No. I said, I wouldn't be remotely interested. A, I don't need the money. Fortunate position to be in. But, you know, so helpful having a diamond mine in the family. But anyway, so, um, you know, occasionally go and dig a few out and just go and sell them. 
And, uh, and he said, a million pounds? He said, you'd do it for a million. I said, I absolutely wouldn't. Why would you want to expose yourself to people by sitting on the television talking to a bunch of numpties? No, thank you very much indeed. Good God, I never... And you, if I want to find people like that, walk down Twickenham High Street. I definitely don't. I wouldn't want to go on the television. These people are desperados. These people are sad. They just want to, they just want to be famous. Well, I'm obviously already famous, but only in radio terms, because that's what I do for a living. That's why it's got my name above it. That's why we're never letting the Australian producer anywhere near the airwaves. Don't want to have to put translation things up against the bottom of the screen. It'd be a nightmare. Steve's got this broke on again. So, how are you doing, Matt? Oh, how are you doing? It would just be take forever and a day. So, uh, so no, no amount of money on a reality show. Thank you very much indeed. You can see how desperate. Look at the way they turn out. Look at poor old Chloe Sims. There's an old grandmother, if ever you saw, trolling around. You know, and Lewis Bluer, they've decided to put on Big Brother. Who? Who is he? He's some old nobody. Some old nobody with no personality or anything at all. They're going to put him on, on Big Brother. They must have run out of ideas. We must be looking. How about some Polish opera stars or something like that? It must be quite good. Some Romanian street cleaners. Why not? There must be loads of them. They could be very good, couldn't they? Ridiculous. Uh, Mike says prescriptions are free when you're over 60. I don't know what you're talking about that one for, mate. It doesn't affect me in the slightest. I'm diabetic. I don't pay for any of my stuff. Don't pay for any of my stuff. In fact, I picked up a huge bag yesterday. Huge bag of stuff. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I love the idea. It's, it's exactly what I said. Europol saying the recent terror attacks show how difficult it is to stop atrocities being committed by lone actors. They're not working for anybody at all. They're just uh, screwballs who go out there and commit these, these atrocities and go straight to hell, thus embarrassing themselves and their parents and their families. You know, the parents have to live with the fact that their sons are murderers, mainly, mainly men doing it, acting alone. Look at that lone person wandering through the train, shot dead by the police. Fantastic. What else do you do with them? What else do you do with them? They're not radicalised. It's a load of old cobblers to keep telling people that people are being radicalised. They're just people with screws loose. It's like the murdering so-and-sos in ISIS. They haven't got any screws loose. They're just people who want to commit murder under the guise of some sort of, oh, let's do this, after that dreadful story the other day of, uh, of uh, this boy who was beheaded at the age of 11. At the age of 11, if you please. What are these people? They're sickos. That's what they are. They're sickos. They've got nothing else going for them in their lives. You know, and that's why people say, why don't we just go and bomb them? Well, we don't know where they are. You know, if there was a little town where, oh, all ISIS members live here, just check in here, that'd be completely different. But it isn't like that, is it? It doesn't work like that anymore. I wish it did. Make it so much simpler. So much simpler. Uh, 84850 steve at uk. We take all your uh, texts and emails this morning on the programme. I like the idea that the Beckhams are looking for a place like Downton Abbey. And they are living in dream worlds. I mean, they're both chavs. What would they be doing in Downton Abbey? You can't sort of move somebody up the social... Uh, uh, chart, can you really? You have to sort of stay where you're supposed to be. I know they used to call her Posh Spice, but uh, but to be honest with you, I mean, she wasn't posh at all. I've met the family. They're just an ordinary family, very ordinary family. So to buy a place like Downton, they couldn't afford to run it. The running costs would be prohibitive. She'd have to be borrowing money from Dave. You're not borrowing my money. You'd have to take money from Dave to try and run the place every year because he's the only one who's got any. She's having to sort of, you know, use it to sort of prop everything up. And uh, and I think, you know, that's the only way that it's uh, it's going to be working. Not going to work uh, any other way. So, so uh, it's it's just it's an effort to get themselves in the papers again. They've got very good PR. They get loads of coverage. Them and dreary old Brooklyn Beckham. I mean, God knows. I mean, how boring do you have to become? Fame by association. He doesn't actually do anything. He can't act. He can't sing. He can't dance. But uh, he sort of goes out to these events. So he's obviously probably got his own PR now which is always quite funny, actually. Uh, Noreen says, you spoke of Australia yesterday. Many years ago, we arrived in Sydney. 
In the early hours, put the radio on, thought we recognised the voice. It was Mike Carlton, ex of LBC. We also had a go at throwing boomerangs, and Brian did manage it. She said, shorts at the weekend. Oh, I don't think so. No, don't, not with my legs. I just don't do... I just don't do shorts. I think there are certain people who, you know, shouldn't do uh, shorts, and I'm I'm one of them. <laughs> Some people look great in shorts. It's like walking down the high street, isn't it, with your shirt off? Well, again, I'm not... Uh, one of those people who could walk down the street with their shirt off. I mean, not if you paid me a million pounds, but I walk. No, I definitely. I wouldn't want to do it. You know, I'm not, I'm not one of these people who's sort of taken by the uh, by the money. Uh, another one here, eight four eight five zero Stephen LBC dot co dot uk. As we try and weave uh, everything in. Uh, oh, somebody's very very kindly sent me the NHS Business Services Authority, who normally issue the exemption certificate card twice a year. Um, I don't need... Somebody said you get it free after 60. I need to check this out because I don't know, actually. But uh, I get everything. Everything. And um, apparently, Steve, I have an exemption card, but my one's expired. I didn't realise they charged me £100 plus for getting prescriptions illegally. Well, how do they charge you for that? What, they've got your credit card or something? I've, I'm definitely... Uh, I've definitely never been charged for anything because the, the chemist that does my stuff, they know I'm diabetic. And at one time, I used to... Sign. I seem to remember it. That's funny. That's the thing. You're right, actually. I used to, years ago, they would give you the prescription and then you would tick the box saying you were exempt. Nobody ever asked to see anything because I'm diabetic. And um, and now, because my prescription is on what they call a repeat. So, in other words, the, the doctor's surgery, send it back to the chemist. If they need to see me, they put a note on the top saying we need to see you for this reason or that reason. But uh, it's fine, actually. Um, is this one repeatable? Uh, thank you. Obviously not. No jokes. We have to. We have to. Uh, we have to do actually. Uh, Steve, uh, the person making that eccentric remark sounds quite like those minority types who simply file straight into the bin. I know. I don't. I don't see myself as being eccentric. I, don't, I, must, I must look up the definition of eccentric now. I'm slightly worried by the fire in Dubai in this um, in this tower block. That's the fifth they've had in as many years. The fifth they've had in as many years. These tower blocks are looking slightly dangerous. Uh, Steve, if you like red and gold, you must visit the Brighton Pavilion when you're next there. I've done it, actually. I have done. Uh, So here we go. So eccentric. Uh, Symptoms. Unconventional. Uncommon. Abnormal. Irregular. Strange. Peculiar. Weird. Bizarre. Off-centre. Outlandish. Freakish. Extraordinary. No, I don't think I'm eccentric at all. I don't fit any of those. I mean, unconventional, uncommon, abnormal, uh, abnormalous... Odd, strange, missed out a few. Uh, individual free spirit. A person of unconventional and slightly strange views or behaviour. Well, in fact, the whole thing about this programme is that I'm exactly saying what everybody else is thinking. So that's not, uh, that's not eccentric, I don't think. Somebody slightly strange. I don't think so, actually. Or failing that, uh, I could be a disc or a wheel mounted eccentrically on a revolving shaft in order to transform rotation into backward and forward motion. Now, that does, of course, sound a lot like me. That sounds a lot like me. But a person of unconventional and slightly strange views or behaviour is seen as an eccentric. Or you could be a total eccentric, which means, I suppose, that takes it to a new level. But as I don't consider myself... You see, somebody like Magnus Pike... Or somebody from years and years ago, wave his arms, that would be eccentric. Or Barbara Woodhouse, who did these sort of... I remember when... Barbara Woodhouse, for those of you who don't know, she was um, she was a slight eccentric. We had, you know, like that nun, Wendy somebody. She was slight... And the, the, the Sistine Trapper, she was there. There's beautiful pictures here. And I thought she was slightly eccentric. I don't think I'm like that at all. But Barbara Woodhouse was the one who... She used to talk to dogs. 
and everything. She was a bit like a, sort of an early dog whisperer. Uh, and then she did it with horses. And she would say, come here, come here, come here. And she would go, sit. And she would move her hand down at this action as the dog cowered underneath her hand. She was, she was, do you remember her on the television? She was, she, if, if you watch her on YouTube, it's actually quite funny. But one of them, she then, she, after she'd sort of exhausted herself with dogs, she did it with horses. And I remember she said, you've got a horse here, bring, bring, bring a horse here. She was a bit like that. She used to wear tweed skirts. Fairly, fairly, you, you know, you could pick her out in Chelsea immediately. And, uh, and, and then she, and I remember the look on the horse's face. She blew up its nose. You do this, you put your, well, the horse went, what the? It's the funniest thing I'd ever seen, seriously. You had to laugh at it because the horse was so surprised. And uh, she became like a horse whisperer, but uh, she's very well known, very well known. Not with us anymore. She's gone to that great cloud in the sky where all the dogs are going, we're going to get our own back, we're going to get our... And that horse is definitely up there. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome along to uh, Thursday morning. This week's rocketed through, isn't it? It has rocketed through. Of course, I mean, it happens a little bit too quickly in July because if you're self-employed, you've got to come up with the money for the tax man or at least contact them and say, listen, I'm terribly sorry, but I've actually spent it. That'll be sort of some of these people from reality shows. Can't wait to see what their tax bills look like. There's a new uh, new show coming up on the television. It's like a dating sort of programme. It's got some ghastly people on it, as per usual. So, you know, do you realise we've actually got to 28 minutes to six and I've not looked at a paper yet? Uh, but I will now because I'll tell you that uh, the front page of the... Daily Star. It's about the only paper that's covering it, actually, so I'm not sure how true it is. Uh, the McCanns are going to appeal to Theresa May to revive the £12 million search for their daughter. And um, I think, no, she was the one who took the money away and diverted it elsewhere. So I don't think she's going to be, uh, going to be doing that any time soon. Uh, the ex-girlfriend of Liam Payne has given her blessing. Oh, how rivetingly exciting. This is uh, Danielle Pisa who dated Leanne for two years and said, I mean, look at her, I'd go out with her. I love it when they give their... Ble- what do you mean you give them the blessing? Who gives us so-and-so what you think about it? Uh, boxer Amir Khan may become a cage fighter. Well, he's tried everything else, hasn't he, really? But, uh, he's been told a clash with, uh, with an Irish person called Conor McGregor could be worth £380 million. Well, loser Khan, who was knocked out in May, I wouldn't bother, mate. I wouldn't bother, mate. You're past your sell-by. You're absolutely useless. They knocked you out there, but you still got how many millions was it for losing? Was it some nine million or something like that? I mean, I'd give up, mate. It may, it's may, looking a bit embarrassing for you now. Uh, Celebrity Big Brother Chiefs have signed up Louis Bleur. As I say, nobody knows who he is. Seriously, the most dull person you'll ever find since dull people were invented. They are convinced he'll ensure there's plenty of romance. Really? Why? Why would there be plenty? What, because he's on TOWIE or something? Good God. They're all looking so old on TOWIE, aren't they now? Oh, that, that, that one who looks even sadder is the one who went out with Chloe Sims, who had a wife and two children, and he's opened some, some bar or something in Marbella. And as I say, you know, whilst he's on the television, there'll be publicity. The moment that, uh, that finishes, that's when it'll all finish. It all goes a bit pear-shaped. Chloe Sims is still dragging her carcass around everywhere. I don't really know what she does anymore. And uh, Simon says, you need to renew your certificate every five years, and they don't send reminders. I'm going to phone them, actually. But any, somebody says you get free prescription when you're past 60. Is that, is that here or is that Scotland? We're not sure, actually, yet. I shall have to, uh, have to try it. Uh, other people going into Celebrity Big Brother, they say an all-star lineup, An all-star has been. Seriously, if Lewis Blur is the best they're going to get, and they're getting excited. Marnie Simpson, who, you know, <laughs> whoever. Somebody called Aubrey O'Day, a reality diva. <laughs> who? Uh, and then they've also got a few other people. They've got Marnie, his hot favourite to win at three to one. They've also thought about Sam Fox and David Cassidy. Well, I don't know where Sam Fox's money comes from nowadays. You know, it might have been 
I don't know much money she would have. She's done a couple of a couple of celebrity dinner dates and things like that, but uh, that's about as far as I've actually uh, seen. And then was also poor little Grant Boffy. Poor little soul. Honestly, you do feel a bit sorry for him, don't you? Uh, the horror in the heatwave. The soldier dying in an eight-mile trek on the hottest day. What sort of people take you on an eight-mile trek in, the, in boiling hot weather, literally tooled up to the nines? I just can't understand that at all. Uh, pictures of the water fight turning to war in the park and some quite clearly arranged thugs in there. You only have to look at pictures of them to realise that they're thugs. The poor, uh, poor police have to go out there dressed up in their riot gear, but uh, uh, they win every time. The thugs never get control. Uh, also, a Guns and Roses fanatic is in the papers today. I don't know there were such things as Guns and Roses. Somebody called Axel, who was the lead singer. That's right. Well, at least I've got that bit right. Anyway, he's a former network rail worker, Anthony Demodi. Anyway, he's a, he's a fraud. He's a fraud. He's been claiming uh, a load of compensation. He claimed £300,000 for a crippling thumb injury, but he was filmed playing guitar in a tribute band. He's now accused of bringing a fraudulent claim after a disabling hand injury in 2011. I mean, he could face two years in prison. Blimey. Well, it's a lot of money, isn't it? And uh, thieves who stole paving slabs from a memorial to murdered soldier Lee Rigby were branded lower than scum. Well, we know what sort of people thieve, you know, paving slabs. People who are doing paving. And they come and go, we can do that for you. We can do that. And they go and thieve it from somewhere. Once they find them, we'll throw them in prison. And, uh, and we'll hopefully leave them there. Uh, what else we got here? Something I'm trying to find something that's of any interest to uh, to people. There's also um, Rio on lockdown as armed soldiers practised anti-terror drills. And apparently the Duke of Cambridge, his appearance on the cover of Attitude magazine, looks set to be one of its best-selling items. Uh, William featured in the July edition of the leading gay magazine to speak out against homophobic bullying. I don't know what he knows about homophobic bullying. Perhaps we should be told something. But apparently that's going to be set to be one of the best-selling issues. What on earth for? He's neither attractive nor interesting to gay people, is he? Well, perhaps I've missed the point here. The spokesman said, early indications are it'll be one of our best-selling issues. Well, well if you keep talking about it, actually. But uh, other people who've been overwhelmingly received, Liam Payne, David Gandhi, Gary Barlow. Gary Barlow? Since when was he somebody of interest to gay people? And uh, Prince William, unless he takes his shirt off, he's of no interest to anybody at all, I'm afraid. Most boring one in the family. Uh, Brooklyn, still doing silly little poses and all the rest of it. Honestly, does he go to school? We're never too sure, are we? And, uh, and Jim Davidson says he's going out on the road. Uh, he plans to set the record straight on his 40-year career with a new autobiographical stage show. Celebrating 40 years, it'll cover his life from his breakthrough on talent show New Faces to winning Big Brother. And he says, much of my life has been lived out with the nation watching. Yes, there's a nasty side as well, I suspect. I wonder if he'd be talking about that, as I'm sure ex-wives could probably testify. If he's going to be totally honest about it and tell everything, well, then that's fine. But, you know, you can't sort of hedge it, can you, and sort of make it sound all frilly around the edges. I don't. Will people go? People, where would you rather go and see? Would you rather go and see Jim Davidson or would you uh, rather go and see uh, Michael Barrymore, for example? Who would you want to know more about? I mean, if, if you're going to get Michael Barrymore, you'd have to ask questions, wouldn't you? You'd have to ask questions. You'd have to say, listen, we're going to be doing a, a sort of a, a chat and nothing's off limit. It's as good as that. Uh, Steve, I went to the uh, Isle of Wight the other week, says Michael, and the hotel did me a toasted bacon and poached egg sandwich. Oh, yuck. I can't think of anything worse, actually. Toasted bacon I'd be quite happy with. Prescriptions are checked randomly to see if people do have the exemption as ticked. I haven't ticked June uh, an exemption, uh, haven't ticked a prescription in 
Yes, yes. And she said our prescriptions were automatically ordered by the pharmacist and delivered to our home. Chemist accidentally ticked the wrong box once and I got a letter stating I'd claimed I'd had an exception from charges. Although uh, an HC1 and a cheque showed I didn't hold one. The fine was about 100 quid. Rang and explained I had an exemption. Fine was dropped. Yes, I've never been fined at all, actually. And uh, lots of people say you can call them on this number and... uh, and then, see, because the trouble is there might be somebody with my name on there, but that would be a bit pointless because they'd never get a prescription unless it, was a, unless it was a chemist who was doing things underhand, which I think would be highly unlikely, although I'm quite sure they do exist. Uh, lovely picture of people going at whale hunting, looking in completely opposite direction, and out of the sea leaps an absolutely enormous humpback whale. I think whales hang around and go, OK, let's really frighten them. Whoosh! Jumping out of the water. Fantastic. Fantastic. Lovely picture. Lovely picture. Uh, also lovely pictures of donkeys on the beach. I think they must suffer in this weather, mustn't they? They must sit there and stand there going, oh, Lord. Uh, that hotel, or office block, I think, whatever it is, in Dubai, which is on fire. How do these things catch fire? That's about the fifth that they've had. I'm pretty certain. Uh, also, uh, what else do we have here? Something else. This is uh, Andy West. Any of the wiser? No, apparently he's in Big Brother, so let's leave that to one side, shall we? Another failure, honestly. These people, perhaps they seriously think they're going to walk out and walk down the street. Maybe go, oh, we know who you are, because nobody's going to be doing it. Absolutely nobody at all. Uh, Naga Manchetti, uh, the racists and sexists who abuse me are idiots. They're not going to upset me. Well, they know that they have done because you've gone to the papers and talked about it. So they've, they've achieved the objective, Naga. It doesn't help. It doesn't help because what you should really do is just totally ignore it. But you've drawn attention to it so they know that they're obviously getting through because you've talked about it in here. And um, she's one of four breakfast anchors. Louise Minchin. I think she's doing cookery at the moment. Uh, Charlie State and Dan Walker insist none of the presenters care who sits on the left or the right-hand side. No, exactly. They're just grateful to have a job, aren't they, I should imagine. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to get in, because I want to know more about this. Uh, Bill Turnbull. <coughs> Excuse me, for in conversation. And um, his agent, we spoke to the other day, and said he'd be delighted to come in for in conversation. So that's it. Because I met uh, Bill... Because you know that Bill and I go back many years at LBC. Many, many... More years than we care to remember, I think. More years than we care to remember. It's changed a lot. Really changed a lot. So we'll have a lot to talk about. And we're still waiting on Will Smith. So I offered the other day. I was offered somebody the other day. I went, yeah, definitely do them. Definitely do them. We've got so many people uh, lined up uh, for you to uh, hear their life stories that uh, we can shake a stick at every one of them and love every minute of it. Uh, apparently, somebody else says that Kenneth Williams uh, was eccentric. Michael Jackson was slightly eccentric. Um, yes, Kenneth Williams, I could see, was eccentric. But, I mean, I don't think I'm anything like that. Kenneth Williams used to go, you know that I told the story that he used to eat in Joe Allen's. And if he sat down in Joe Allen's with a friend and nobody had recognised him, he would and become terribly loud until people recognised him. Once they'd recognised him, oh, it's Kenneth Williams. And then he would leave. <laughs> so, yeah, once he'd achieved that, that's what he wanted. Well, I've never been like that. In fact, if anything, I'm possibly one of the quietest people you'll ever discover in restaurants. I don't... Uh, uh, Donald uh, Trump's former hairdresser. Reveals the lacquer, the home cuts, and whether or not it's even real. I don't know, is it real? I mean, it's, it's a little bit difficult to tell looking at it. He's one of these sort of men, of course, without... Why don't you just wear a wig? You just stick a dead hamster on his head. It'd make all the difference, wouldn't it, really? Um, I, sp- oh, I thought that would be OK. Uh, also, um, there's one here, a train graffiti yobs. Uh, it's a gang of baby-faced yobs, for that read, very infantile. Have caused damage. They filmed themselves spraying graffiti on trains. Anyway, uh, here they are. 
And their names are, let's name and shame, shall we? The Silly Little Girls Blouses this morning, Harvey Hatton, Harvey Hatton, 21, Joshua Maguire, 20, Jack Walsh, 19, uh, Maxim Tishkel, 18, and a 17-year-old who can't be named for legal reasons, all admitted conspiracy to commit fraud. They were given a range of suspended custody sentences and unpaid work and told to pay £2,500 costs. They caused £123,000 worth of damage. Ten years prison, I think. I'm sorry, that, that would be the way that I would be looking at it. There's also a woman here, an abandoned crow taken in as a chick by uh, some woman, has now adopted her as its mum. The mess must be astonishing, I should imagine. Uh, Vicky found Fagin on a roadside after he'd fallen out of his nest. He's learning to talk, of course, dear. Anyway, she lives in Horsham with Rufa Ty Smith and said Fagin even comes through the McDonald's drive through with me and sits on the headrest. Yeah, unfortunately, not house trains. So I'd imagine their car must look like something ghastly. You know what it's like with pigeons? They're bad enough. We've got one pigeon over our rubbish bins, I tell you. If I, I'm, I'm filling my water gun even as I speak. It's definitely not going to be living that long, definitely. So now we've established what's, uh, what's eccentric, and it's people like Kenneth Williams. And, uh, and I think that is, uh, that, that's definitely the, uh, I suppose, the definition of eccentricity. And I would think there's probably other... Grace Jones could be considered eccentric, but also talentless. And, um, I mean, she was an old has-been before she was has-been anything at all. Uh, who else would be considered eccentric? People that they put on chat shows would be considered eccentric. If they'd had regular guests, I would consider Billy Connolly slightly eccentric. You know, because he tells these jokes and he was a big favourite, wasn't he, with old Parky. Um, who else would be eccentric? I don't know, there'd be comedians. Ken Dodd would be considered an eccentric, I would think. Um, Joe Pasquale? I don't know, I've known Joe for such a long time now. Would he be considered an eccentric? No, probably not, actually. Probably not an eccentric. Michael Caine, he's not an eccentric, is he? Would Sting, would he be an eccentric? No. You think he'd be an eccentric? Oh, right. Oh, God. Now I know the bench level for me, actually, at the moment. The entry level is Sting. Who's in one of the papers today. They say he appears to be reigning in. They think, I mean, it can't be true, that he's running out of money. I mean, I, I mean... I don't know. I would think the royalties that come in from the early police stuff, and, and mind you, he hasn't actually done anything apart from that, has he? Has he actually done anything else apart from the police and he's had his own solo things? He's done a few film things. He appeared in Quadrophenia. He appeared in a couple of other films. But, I mean, is that enough to maintain a very, very expensive lifestyle? He's got big houses. It's been a long time since a solo record. So, I mean, he could be, because you've still got the bills, haven't you? You've still got the bills which, uh, which actually come in and once you've got the bills coming in, I'm assuming, you, uh, you have to keep paying them. And I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how much money he ever would have had. I'm sure he was on the, the Sunday Times rich list. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 12 minutes to six is the time. Some of the stories that we've not looked at this morning from the papers. The BBC wrapped for having 5,000 job titles. They've got the most peculiar job titles. Which I'll come round to, uh, actually, if I, can, if I can find it now. I mean, some of them really are absolutely bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. You can't imagine who any of these these people are or what their job actually entails. I never understand it in, in companies at all. I do like uh, the, uh, the sting. They say he's reduced to singing at weddings. I mean, I'm looking at their Elizabethan Manor House in Windsor, um, which sort of cost a, a lot of money, actually. And I'm looking at... Um, the the companies here, uh, Mrs. Sting's adventures in movie land could get another drain on his purse. Her company 
which is called Zingju Pictures, filed accounts showing total assets of 62,000, but net liabilities of 4.8 million, which is not great. Not a pretty picture. And they say here, he rents out the villa uh, on his Tuscany estate for six grand a week. Uh, Guests were also invited to join in helping with the grape and olive harvest at a charge of £208 a day. They say he'll uh, he'll need to do a lot to. Be- he can't be he can't be going under seriously. There must be loads of money, loads of money. Uh, I will find this uh, this story of the BBC because it's really bizarre, actually, really bizarre. Uh, they've also got a picture of some of the uh, the royals and what they do. Luckily, we haven't had to put up with uh, with dreary old Prince Andrew's uh, daughters and their never ending quest for for fame and attention. But uh, we have a story of violence, threats. And the day Mr Softy's ice cream rival sped across the grass to ram him. This is a rather nasty piece of work called Mohammed Youssef. Because for most of us, I think you would have to agree that the chimes of an ice cream van are a reminder of sweet treats and childhood innocence. But for one ice cream seller, they became little more than a warning signal as his rival turned to violence. Nadim Akhtar, who's a Mr Softy seller, found himself the target of Mohammed Youssef's rage last summer after running his van for over a decade. Mr Yousaf's a nasty piece of work, by the way. Yousaf, whose brother set up his own Mr Softy ice cream business last year, threatened to kill his rival. Charming man he is. He also chased the uh, 40-year-old's brother as he drove his van going on the wrong side of the road as they sped along. Yousaf has now been given a suspended prison sentence. He pleaded guilty. I told you, vile man. Vile man. Pleading guilty to criminal damage, causing fear or provocative... Provocation, provocation, provocation of violence. Two counts of harassment and two charges of careless driving. I'd have thrown him into prison. The judge at Bolton Crown Court warned him he'd narrowly escaped being jailed immediately. Why have we not jailed him? I'm going to kill you. What does it take now to put somebody in prison? Quite clearly, Mohammed Youssef is a vile piece of work. Anyway, Mr Akhtar and his wife have moved house and are considering quitting the ice cream business. It was always quite vile, the ice cream business in London. The uh, the most popular places outside the museums. 90% illegal. People out there, the ice cream wars escalated some years ago in London because uh, there was so much money in it. Licence to print money, especially in the hot weather. What do people want? They want an ice cream. And uh, it became really quite nasty. Quite nasty in London. You can trace it back on... Uh, on uh, on Google, and you'll be absolutely amazed at how how bad it really got. I mean, people were sort of threatening all sorts of things because there was so much money involved in it because a lot of profit in ice cream, a lot of profit. Uh, the Sun this morning, they think it's Allardyce. It is now, which is good. Michael Caine, the story goes, uh, everything. And a hippie couple who turned up on the television the other day... Uh, Uh, They had a child who peed live on television. They appealed to viewers for £100,000 to fund their lifestyle. What a waste of space. Adele and Matt Allen's one-year-old daughter, Ostara, was caught short on the floor of this morning. Now the couple from Brighton want the money to fly to South America for a new life. On the website Fund My Travel, they say our goal is to become self-sufficient by way of making that happen, by moving to Costa Rica and buying a big plot of land where we can grow food. Why don't you work for it? Lazy pair. Oh, dear, honestly. And a daughter that pees on the floor. God, a class act. Class act. What are we going to do with old misery guts? Yes, old glum posh seeks uh, a £6 million pile. I don't know why. Perhaps she's bored with Notting Hill. Not enough people camping outside to take a picture of Miss Misery. So they're looking at, uh, at various places. She's hunting for a £6 million Country estate. She wants stables, 
tennis courts, indoor and outdoor pools, a design studio, <laughs> sorry, for her fashion business, and a pond where Dave can fish or just fall into it, you know, because he doesn't do anything either. Uh, they're currently living in a, in a building in uh, West London. They were looking in and around the Cotswolds. Well, you know, about five million gets you a nice place in the middle of nowhere. So good for you. Go there. But of course, I mean, are you in America? Are you here? Are you there? Are you here? I mean, how do the kids get from the airport to uh, out here? Or are you going to keep, I think, uh, are you going to keep Notting Hill? Because to be honest with you, after the council turned you down for the air conditioning units in the uh, in the garden. And then last year they were spotted looking at, uh, you know, uh, houses. Why don't you just go onto the internet, darling? Why don't you just sit there on the internet like most sensible people and have a good... Why are those Father Christmases on the television? Is that a Father Christmas band? How exciting. I'm sure they've been on the New Year's Day parade in London. There's some people with beards, white beard, look like Father Christmas, don't they? They really do look like Father Christmases. The Australian producer looks a bit like, oh, it's on a mummy Christmas. Santa from Canada. Oh, dear, no, I'm sorry. We don't have mummy Christmases. Father Christmas is a man. It's a Santa Claus Congress. They must be baking in there. They must be baking. But I'm sure I've seen a Santa Claus marching band, but I think they were just dressed up, kids, if you're listening. And uh, and some of them, they look really good, don't they? They look, I mean, that oh, doesn't look very good, actually. But I suppose it's got, to, Santa Claus has got to be white-haired because he's fairly ancient, his name's Ian from Britain. So he's, he's not really Santa Claus, boys and girls. The real one lives in the, in the North Pole or somewhere like that. Uh, some of the jobs that the... Uh, I do like Father Christmases, though. Oh, look, elves. Slightly freaky. Now, that's eccentric, dressing up as an elf. Used to be a couple that we used on our programme on Channel 5. And she actually dressed up as a mushroom sitting on top of a toadstool, and he was... They were most peculiar. Uh, the BBC has been blasted over its baffling 5,000 job titles. For example, uh, I'll give you just some of them, and I'll tell you how much money it pays. This is why they're in such a dreadful mess down there. Uh, a programmatic solutions executive. A programmatic. What do you think that is? Monitors marketplace trends and presents their findings to internal stakeholders. What a level codswallop. Solution architect. Makes decisions for TV licensing, responsible for progressing and reviewing proposed changes. Uh, that pays 59 grand, incidentally. Senior change manager, responsible for the development, documentation and publishing of the MyBBC change management strategy. 66,000. Just a licence to print money, isn't it? Oh, sorry, it's our money. I do beg your pardon, it's our money. Uh, reward project analyst, provides technical support and timely analysis of information. £47,210. And, um, and a lead platform architect. Works with architects to create new designs for components of the internet. 66000 So there you go. They've got 5,000 of those jobs up there. I prefer to call it the company that wastes your money. And, of course, they spend a small fortune, don't they? But, of course, they are saving money. They're trying to save £500 million, But uh, they're just not very good at doing it at all. Uh, would you consider Chris Eubank? To be uh, acceptable, uh, to be uh, eccentric, well, neither acceptable nor... Yes, he, he would be considered, um, I think, eccentric. I would think so. Very eccentric. You know, always remember Mrs Merton. Come on, Chris, it's a chat show. You know, answer the question. But it is, is it not said that my son is a great boxer? And he, and he sits there, he talks gobbledygook. It's like somebody's fed him a thesaurus. And he likes to spend the things. Um... Steve, I gather your new job title is now Celeb Downgrade Manager. I could be doing that, actually. I love it when they sort of send 
you know, um, they send sort of things out and tell you about celebrities. I never quite understand how it works. I have a feeling, actually, on the subject of DHL, I have a feeling that Mike's uh, on holiday or something at the moment. I'm quite worried that my parcel's going to be spending forever going round on a carousel. But uh, we'll find it. Don't worry. It'll be there. It'll be there sometime. Sometime soon, which would be nice. Uh, Steve, uh, your prescription says 60 at the top, says Jan. I don't know. I've never seen my prescription. I don't, uh, I don't see it. It's automatic. comes through. And um, uh, apparently Sting wrote a musical called The Last Ship. Opened on Broadway. Bombed. Apparently trying to get it to the West End. Well, of course, if it bombs on Broadway, I wouldn't even bother bringing it over here. Uh, not really the best thing. A musical's very difficult. Very, very difficult to actually, uh, to actually sort of try and get off the ground. And if you can't get them off the ground, well, then, uh, then you kind of give up. So, yeah, it's sort of like the Spice Girls. I mean, they had all oh, the Spice... Nobody wanted to go and see it. That was the trouble. Nobody was remotely interested. You know, it didn't matter who was writing it. It's the fact that it's not been long enough. You have to leave it a long time before you get a musical on them. So, in other words, it must be very embarrassing, isn't it? So, you get the... Um, uh, what's the... Who's the... Is it Jersey Boys you've got in the West End at the moment? Doing phenomenally well because people know those songs. Spice Girls, you just go... I'll tell you what you want, what you really, really want. And that's it! I mean, come on, you know, how many other songs can you think of? You can think of a few others, but only if you're a true fan. And if you're a true fan, I don't think you're going to be paying West End prices to go to see a musical about the Spice Girls. Because it wasn't really about the Spice Girls, was it? That was, what was, that was the confusing thing. I got confused by it. Um, there was an ice cream war in Wolverhampton, says Pat. I know, luckily, the news didn't filter down to us here in, uh, in London. And uh, what about Brian Blessed? Oh, he's eccentric. Yes. And uh, Debbie Douglas. Who's she? Lydia Bright's mum. Why isn't she Lydia Debbie Bright? No, she's not eccentric. She's just stupid. She's just a show off without actually having anything to go along with it. Very boring people. Uh, Steve says, Graham, I've got hundreds of hours of Kenny Everett on cassette tapes. You know, anybody may be interested in having them. They found an old Kenny Everett thing some while ago, actually. Um, And... It was, it was, I think it was in Portsmouth, Lady, Radio Victory. Somebody from there, uh, or an ex-presenter, had found uh, an old Kenny Everything. I don't know. I should imagine all the... Uh, I'd imagine Capital probably have their own archives of, of Kenny Everett. Mind you, he was fired more times from, from there than anywhere else, wasn't he? Kept coming back again and going, ooh, Kremen, and all that kind of stuff. Quite, I saw him in a, in a bar once. He, he would be considered eccentric. Kenny Everett would have been considered eccentric. I think a lot of those presenters from that period. Uh, oh, it's news, is it? Good Lord, honestly, time's racing through this morning. So it was bloody lovely the other day, wasn't it? It rained. It rained in Blackpool. It, uh, it rained just about loads of places. Blackpool was rocked. They got lightning bolts and everything else. We've got um, mildly good weather. Uh, so rainy north, hot south, and that's how it's going to be, I think, today. High about 26 degrees, mostly dry, but with showers. The trucker who had his wages docked and he was sent home because he wore shorts. Well, I see silly little people riding mopeds and scooters and things like that. But uh, they're they're doing it with shorts on. Very dangerous. You come off it, you're going to be doing yourself serious damage. Uh, Wayne Rooney's attempts to speak Chinese and the McCanns, hoping Theresa May will continue the multi-million pound search for their daughter. I think not. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So we were just talking about uh, becoming professional poker players and how interesting it could be, uh, especially in this building, because we've got a big casino. In fact, we've got quite a few casinos and we? we've got a big one over the road. We're only mentioning it because somebody's changing their lifestyle to be a, a professional player. And I think that's quite a big decision. A lot of people make decisions, don't they, later in life. People go, right, I love doing this. I absolutely love it. But let's try something completely different. 
let's try something that, you know, if it doesn't work, you can always fall back on other things as well. But it's, it's a big decision to make. You know, you get to 35, 40 or something like that. And you think, why not try something different? And uh, if you don't try it, you'll never know whether or not it's going to be successful. So that's, that's why you, you interrupted our conversation this morning. So I thought we would uh, just clear that up. Because you sometimes worry, don't you? You hear sort of little snippets and you wonder, what are you talking about? So I always, always tell people, always try and be as honest as possible and say, that's what we were talking about. Sometimes I don't tell you what it is and other times I do. So, uh, so good luck to Clive on that one. So he'll, he'll, he loves it anyway. He loves it. He's been doing it for ages. He loves it. Uh, the trucker in the paper today who was, uh, had docked wages and sent home because he was wearing shorts. His name's Graham Woods. He was told he couldn't take his lorry out due to health and safety. Now, I don't quite understand how wearing shorts is health and safety, but we heard from a road sweeper a short while ago, and he said they're not allowed to wear shorts. Now, my postie in Twickenham, and I have a, I have a couple of posties, they wear shorts all the time. Kevin, the milkman, wears shorts all the time. Even in winter, Kevin the milkman wears shorts. Loads of milkmen wear shorts. Doesn't see, doesn't make any difference. It's not health and safety, is it? How can it be considered health and safety? If you're driving a lorry and you're wearing shorts, how's that health and safety? I don't quite work that one out. Anyway, Graham said that uh, a manager at this uh, transport company in Preston refused to let him drive. It was hot and sticky. Monday was bad enough. He lost a day's wages. He says, I'm all for safe practices in our industry, but I don't get it. I've asked other drivers and none of them had it. Last night, the company Montgomery Transport declined to comment. I've never heard of such a thing. He said it was the hottest day of the year, and he said, and I'm not allowed to wear shorts. Well, I mean, here, they, would, they don't have any such uh, ruling at all. If you want to... I mean, I personally wouldn't wear shorts at my age because I've got dreadful legs, but, I mean, that's my business. I mean, I, what I need to do is I need to have my legs dipped so they turn out to be the colour of creosote, and that's when that's it looks a bit better, but I'm just naturally a pale person. And as Clive enters the twilight world of gambling, I mean, he's going to look paler than me. You're never going to see the sunshine, are you, at all? You're, just, you're going to see sort of daylight a little bit occasionally. But uh, you'll definitely be taking lots of vitamin D supplements. In fact, that is top of his list for buying things and his supplements. But the good news is he can park quite near. You can have a nice... How, long, how many hours... Just a matter of interest. How many hours would you spend playing poker in a session? I mean, would it be, you know, ten hours? Oh, dear Lord. Oh, it's, right. it's that long. It's that long. He did 23 hours once playing... Po- 20 th- you see, I mean, because I said earlier on, I didn't quite understand how poker worked. I've heard of people going, oh, I've got a straight flush or I've got this. Whatever it is, you have to bluff your hand to somebody else. Is that, is that what it is? It's, it's telling fibs. It's telling... Or you have to know when other people are lying. So, so that's why some people sit there and sometimes, you know, they twitch or their eyes give it away or something like that. Because I'd be going... Uh, and I've got a hand, you know, so I'd be useless at playing poker because I'd just be giving it away straight away. I, I couldn't do poker face, as Lady Gaga said. I can't do it. I'd, I'd just be, I'd be absolute rubbish. I really would be rubbish at doing it. But you can play for 10 hours. So, oh, easily 10 hours. So how much, mu- just a matter of interest, just put this in context for me. And uh, you have to gamble responsibly, OK? I have to say that, just in case you think you just go and, you know, play and you win loads of money and then you go home and it's all happy. It doesn't work like that. So if you were playing for that, how much money would you start off with to start, if you were going to play for 10 hours? Would you need a pot of money to start with? Would it be £100 or a lot, a lot more than £100? A lot, quite, yeah, quite, quite a bit. £500? A couple of hundred is enough, OK. And on a couple of hundred, you can make enough to keep you going for the ten hours. So you don't go silly with it. Do you have minimum stakes on, on poker and things like that? You, you do. It's quite complicated. This is a whole programme. It's a whole in conversation. 
on on sort of responsible gambling and how you play poker. Because I don't understand. I just I see all this money mounting up in the middle of the table. I've seen it in the cowboy films. And then all of a sudden somebody goes, you dirty varmint. And they get a gun out and, and then somebody scoops all the money up and then they gallop off. Well, it doesn't work like that at Hippodrome, does it at all? Because you can't get the horses in there. There's nowhere to stable them. They've taken the stables out. So, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting change. You know, some people think, you know, me, I'd be thinking, change a career, lap dancer. You know, and then I think, there's no point, Stephen, you'll never get yourself up the pole. Yeah, we could do a po- poker video. You should do that, actually. That would be quite an interesting thing to do, wouldn't it? On, on sort of YouTube, to do teach yourself poker. And I could sit there going, I don't know, I've got, listen, I've got 10 jack, queen, king and ace. Would that be worth any money? Anybody around the table? Anybody got better than that? Uh, I've got four jacks. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> could have a field day with it, couldn't we? An absolute field day. Anyway, good luck to him. He's not going just yet, but um, we could do it. We could do a, a, a video for YouTube, I think, on how on a, four jacks, oh, to four jacks wins, does it? Over, over what would the other one be called? Is that a straight flush? So I thought the straight flush was when somebody says, you know, they look at you and you go, you've, you've sort of coloured up a little bit. I don't know why I thought that. I don't know why. Um, uh, what have we got here? Oh, yes, there was, um, there was a story about uh, a nurse who's been accused. His name's Kevin O'Flanagan. And um, he's accused of conning his wife for eight years into believing he was a top doctor. You see, I think there might be lots of, lots of people like this. The wife doesn't know what the husband does. Uh, Kevin is said to have claimed on his wedding certificate that he was a leading orthopaedic surgeon. He's been married five times, I should point out, which is quite a lot in this day and age. He also uses the first name Cavern. He's said to have sent himself a fake job offer to maintain his deception and claimed he was a surgeon on social media site LinkedIn. He now faces being struck off by the Nursing and Midwifery Council. The panel will rule... Uh, next month on 12 charges of misconduct, including payments for 42 shifts he apparently didn't work. It's all very confusing. So, I mean, was he doing this for himself or was he doing it... Why would the wife be impressed by this? Because presumably the money has to to come in. Anyway, uh, apparently, uh, yesterday, a woman claiming to be his new partner blamed his bitter ex-wife for writing a letter of complaint. She said he's never done anything wrong and a source close to his first wife said she made a mistake marrying him. Uh, However, an NHS spokeswoman said Mr O'Flanagan did work for the Trust, but due to an upcoming hearing, were unable to comment. I mean, I've heard of people telling fibs about what they do for a living, but, I mean, that's that's a bit of a... And, I mean, what do you do? I'm an orthopaedic surgeon. So are you an orthopaedic surgeon or are you not an orthopaedic surgeon? It's an odd one. Uh, After the punter won the case over the huge lap dance bill, £7,500, be warned, Um, there's one girl here... A former stripper and lap dancer, Riley Johnson, she says our job was to make punters spend £500 on champagne and another 60 to drink with them. And she says, I've been dancing and stripping since I was 18 in Manchester. And what you have to remember about these clubs is that they're a business. And you remember that Spearmint Rhino uh, did an undisclosed payment uh, to this man. They haven't uh, disclosed what it is. But uh, law student Rowan Wagner... Richie from South Africa, where he's learnt to his cost to be extra vigilant. He says, every time I go to a strip club, I get overcharged. I've also had my wallet and mobile phone nicked. Uh, then there's another man. Uh, yeah, every time he goes to a strip club. However, listen to this one. Professional poker player <laughs> Mark Conte is a regular visitor to strip clubs and still doesn't know how he managed to get through £2,000 cash on one recent extra boozy trip. He lives in Edmonton. And, uh, and he says here, 
I go to strip clubs two or three times a week in London, usually just for drinks. Have you heard of pubs? You just go for drinks to a strip club. Why don't you just go to a pub, matey? God, blimey. He says, anyway, and um, he says, I tried to keep tabs on how much I'm spending, but this time I'd had a poker win and I just got carried away. And um, he got through £2,000 cash. (laughs) Well, yeah. And then voiceover artist Sean Rutledge used to run a chauffeur business and often took clients to strip clubs. Even though he was clued up to their ways, he still found himself getting stung once. He comes from Bromley. He says, uh, these uh, people here, the bill arrived. One of the footballers ran out of cash and asked me to stand the round. The bill was £1,700. You must be stupid. Honestly, just to watch a bit of boob at the bar. I mean, goodness sake, honestly. Very tragic, isn't it? One night, a beautiful girl danced me and she kept saying as she gerated, do you want to see more? Do you like what you see? Do you want to see more? She's not got a collection of Beano albums, has she? You don't reckon she's got the whole of Dad's Army on DVD? Wow! If she's got that, that's worth paying for. Definitely. Anyway, um, she slapped me with a bill for seven dances instead of one, adding up to hundreds of pounds. I protested, but she wasn't having any of it. What you're looking at in a lot of these these sort of places, where you're spending that sort of money, you're looking at hookers. They're designed to get money off you as quickly as possible. They don't see you as anything else. They don't, they don't fancy you. They're not interested in you. They're just there. It's a business. Hello, do you like me? Mm, do you like me? you like me 700 pounds do you like me a little bit more would you like to see something else not got star trek have you on laser disc <laughs> you know that would be the winning thing as far as i'm concerned and then yeah you think she's got pokemon go yeah hello mm, do you really like me you got pokemon go david beckham could have a field day i don't want to spend any more money at all and why victoria looks after my toy town bank account <laughs> I love the idea. I love the idea. You know, one of our uh, submarines has just crashed into a ship. Who's who's driving these things now? God, blimey. It's one of the nuclear ones. Luckily, the nuclear reactor wasn't damaged. Well, thank God for that. It's cost us God knows how much, and now you can't even get people to drive. Hello, periscope up. Oh, dear, there's a ship there. Obviously, everything else working except that bit of it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's uh, 6.20. It's Thursday, the 21st of July. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Nice to have your company. I can, I'm sure I can just about cope with the heat today. It's not going to be as bad as it, uh, as it was the, uh, the other day. And so I'm hoping it's going to be uh, a little bit nicer today. We don't have anything too, too hot, do we? Although Blackpool, as I say, they, they didn't get any heat at all. All they got was torrential down pause. Uh, Mar- Martin says, the sub that hit the ship doesn't have a periscope. Nav- navigation's done by electronics. Obviously not. A- Perhaps they should go back to periscopes then. But sorry, periscopes, they didn't come up and hit things, did they? Well, perhaps they did, actually. Re lorry drivers and shorts. You'll find the driver's required to wear protective clothing to avoid cuts and abrasions as he was going about his work. If you slip, trip or fall in shorts, you may cut or... Oh, for goodness sake, honestly. What a bunch of livy-livered pieces of lettuce we must be. You're constantly finding lorry drivers falling over, aren't you? I mean, I tell you what, you go up to the motorway service station, lorry drivers falling about all over the place. Whoops-a-daisy, there we go again. Of course they don't, for goodness sake. There may be something nasty on the floor of the lorry. Dear, honestly, we're turning into this mamby-pamby group of people, aren't we? Absolutely dreadful. And the painter wears shorts. Everybody wears shorts. Everybody wears shorts. And uh, there are some very clever people about, some of whom are sharks. Could have told anybody that lap dancers are nothing more than crafty people who hoover up cash, says Martin. Yes, I mean, of course they are. 
That's what they're there for. You see them out on the street, they don't look so great, believe you me, dancing under red lights, and they're designed to make people part with their money. And men are foolish, you know, when the man who goes there and says that he just sometimes goes into, you know, to a strip club for a drink. Well, obviously you're going to be charged a fortune. You go to uh, you go to a bar, don't you? If you want to drink, you go to a pub. That's what they're there for. Not strip clubs. Uh, Boris is eccentric. Yeah, and child genius. I haven't seen. I have not seen child genius. The rain, so I can't comment on it until I've seen the people on it. I'm told it's really bizarre, really bizarre. So I shall have a look on that. Uh, and somebody says Steve Allen show on LBC on poker. Is it just telling fibs? Mm, yes, basically. It is. It's just fibbing, isn't it? It's called professional lying. I'm sorry, do, do you have something? I couldn't possibly comment. Couldn't possibly comment. So what are you holding in your hand? Not telling you. You have to look into my eyes. But you're wearing sunglasses. I know. Eyes mirror the soul, and also they give things away. So if I sort of make it look as I'm... So you just have to stare up to the heavens, don't you, really? Hoping that nobody can tweak. Because people have got different things. I suppose it's like a police officer, isn't it? Sort of, Did you do that? No. Did you do that? No. You're sweating a little bit, aren't you? No. I saw some people the other day on the television, another one of those interceptor programmes, which I, I so enjoy. And this particular one, they'd actually stopped a man and a woman because they'd crashed a car. The man had been driving, but he was standing there lying through his teeth. They were both drunk. She was more drunk than he was. And uh, the police officer was saying, it was you driving because we've got witnesses. I, Listen, mate, I, n- I, never, I never drove a car. I never, and it turned out he did drive the car. Because people tell lies. But, you know, but they're sort of stupid people telling lies. If you're a poker player, you've got to tell lies and convince people. Have you got a really good hand? No idea. What do you reckon? Want to risk it? Want to risk it? Go on, risk it. Go on, put another 20 quid down there. Put another 50 quid. Go on. If you're that confident, go for it. And I'd sit there going, go on, go for it. And then sort of occasionally i just move my cards a little bit, you know. Just sit there going, go on, if you want to go on, double it. I'll, I'll treble it. I'll take you as far as I can go. I don't know what I'm talking about. That's how I think they, they play them, poker games. You call it a tell. If somebody gives something away while you're doing it. Oh, it's a twitch. Oh, right, OK. Well, Clive can play for 10 hours, but he's, most he's played for is 23 hours. 23 hours? I mean, how many toilet breaks would that be for a diabetic? That's what I have to think about. I've, I mean, I have to try and work things around. You know, if I get on this train, has it got a toilet on it? You know, and if it has, I'm going to be using it pretty quickly. So I'll try and make sure I go to the toilet before I leave the studio, which at least gets me home. Because I forgot last night, I was so tired. Having had a day of doing so many things, uh, I forgot to take half my tablets. So I woke up this morning, looked in the box, went, oh, Lord, I forgot to take them. So I just have to kind of double up. I'm very bad at forgetting these sort of things now. Not too good at all. It's probably because I ate pizza, and I don't eat pizza. I'm not a pizza person. Martin says, I wear short socks and Crocs. Okay, you're banned. Not people like that on this programme. Uh, Jess says, not allowed to wear shorts on the building sites. And we put on a dress. Who did that? Didn't some school kids do that a short while ago? And they said, uh, they said you can't come to school wearing this. So they put dresses on. Just to sort of prove a, prove a point, actually. Uh, somebody says, loving you today, Steve. You're on fire. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Didn't think you could smell it from there. Uh, so you can't wear shorts on a building site. I see loads of people in shorts on building sites. Loads of people in shorts. I do love the story, and this comes from, uh, where is it? Ireland. Oh, no, it's um, Newcastle Underline. They bought some recycling lorries, which are lovely. They've got food waste, paper, glass one, general storage, glass two and cardboard, and people have to work out what it is. Quite difficult in Newcastle, as you can well imagine. And uh, so the festering rubbish has been lying uncollected for weeks. Unfortunately, it's too big to get round the side roads in Newcastle, so people have had all this rubbish sitting outside their houses. So as the temperature pushed up, 
in the Staffordshire town to 33.5 degrees. The council unveiled its £2.5 million weekly collection on recycling items on July the 4th. The new lorries make up the bulk. It was supposed to save half a million a year, but the resident, Stephen Lovett, who lives in one of the worst-hit areas, said the vehicles are too big to go down our streets. I mean, how dumb are these councils? Seriously, I mean, you couldn't make it up, could you? Do you not think somebody should have been out there and measured? Let's see if we've actually got anybody from the council. A council inside who asked not to be named... Let's just call him Eric, shall we? That's not his name, of course. He says this has been a bit of a nightmare. The bin wagons are slightly wider, but nobody thought it would be an issue. The authority are now using a smaller lorry to make collections in the mist streets and deliver them to the larger vans parked on the wider roads nearby. In other words, it's not going to save any money at all. They've just kind of completely screwed it up. Are they dumb? Council member Anne Beach says the council has collected 25% more recycling than usual. During the first two weeks of the new service, our standard fleet can't access a small number of streets, but they're now being serviced by a smaller van until a permanent solution can be developed. Uh, how about Anne just knocking the houses down, dear? Would that not be an ideal thing? Didn't they do that somewhere? There was a group of houses, developers knocked down all these listed houses which survived the blitz somewhere. And I think the council are now deciding whether they're going to say, I'm sorry, rebuild them. I'm sick to death of people just knocking things down. No, this, this was a row of houses somewhere. A row of houses, because it came up, and I remember thinking, but wait a minute, they survived the Blitz. And overnight, a bulldozer came in to demolish this little row of houses which should survive the Blitz. And I remember thinking at the time, that's a bit naughty. And there's just a pile of bricks there with this, uh, with this digger thing. And you think, my God, I know building land is valuable, but I mean, that's a bit desperate, isn't it? Yeah, little row of houses knocked down, because uh, that's what people do. I've seen them trying to do it on other buildings. They do it very quickly over a weekend. And uh, so hopefully that nobody will notice. And uh, Anne in Peckham says, the man who lost £7,500 from a strip club, very apt name, Strip, designed to strip you of your money. Of course. That's what it's there for. You know, if people are that dumb that they're going to believe strippers going, you really love me. I'd like to see more. And you go, you've got a jigsaw, have you, in there? Have you got a jigsaw? Go get a jigsaw out. London by night. How fantastic. You know, people who've offended Putin. That could be an interesting jigsaw. Fairly big jigsaw, of course. Oh, got to go. Just realised. Look at the time. So many things we didn't get round to on the programme this morning, so we'll have to do it again tomorrow. Um, being floody lovely yesterday. Also, the, uh, the student who was abused at work by two blokes, they've been found guilty of all sorts of things. The toy box worth 4.2 million, I forgot to tell you about. Um, we'll probably get ready. You'll find that in a few of the papers today, which is, uh, which is fantastic. Also, the insuring of Peugeot for a teenage driver, £11,500. She was upset. Um, uh, the teen shot dead on the Pokemon Go hunt. I never got round to telling you about. Uh, two uh, knifemen attack airmen in Norfolk on an airbase. Police are hunting them at the moment. And a top judge who deemed it's OK to lie whilst making an insurance claim. I believe it, making an insurance claim. I mean, does that, is that really right? Uh, plus... Uh, Towie has been, Louis Bleur, the latest to sign for Big Brother. No other work in the diary, I suppose, really. So he'll just sit there wasting his life away. And uh, the low-cost travel group. Uh, the good news is they're going to be paying out two pence in the pound. So congratulations to uh, all of you who booked with a company who weren't at all protected and, in fact, are based overseas. So you're going to get not very much at all, really. But then you can try going another route. If you didn't pay by credit card, you're what they call up a gum tree. And if you're still stranded out in places, you're going to have to pay for your holiday again. 
because the tour operators are not like the not the tour operators, the hotel operators are not like going to let you get away with it. Listen, have a have a nice day today. It is a Thursday. We should be enjoying the the weather. I know we should be. I know I don't. I should be relying on DHL to um, to contact me later. I'm so looking forward to getting my uh, my new shirts, but I've, I fear it'll probably be the weekend or something like that because I think people must be away on holiday at the moment. But anyway, listen, have a fantastic day. You can listen to LBC wherever you want, wherever you are. If you download that free LBC app for your mobile or tablet, it means you won't miss a moment. Uh, it's lbc.co.uk. Leading Britain's conversation at 7 o'clock. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Quentin Letts will be in looking through the uh, papers. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Allen Show. But next, Lisa Aziz with the morning news. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.